And we're live. Dave, before the recording started, you started talking about your job and cloud computing, and we just stopped on the cloud computing term because, to me, that's a term people don't generally understand that well. Is that your experience working in that industry? or It is very much so, yeah. Cloud computing is a word that's been kind of bandied around for years, you know, uh, and it's up in the cloud and all this sort of stuff. And most people would hear it because... The term, when you have your iPhone, you can put your, your photos in the cloud or you can put whatever in the cloud. And everyone goes, oh, that's great. It's there. It's, it's happy days. But normally one understands what that means. And I suppose what we do is we, uh, we're we in the commercial side of it. So we're putting servers or putting physical data centers or physical servers into the cloud. So we're dealing with client, clients are coming online and they want to get into the cloud and they want to know more about it. They want to know what it is. And then I guess always this concern is around security and how that works. So typically, like, we solely work with Amazon. Amazon Web Services is what they're called and they're the biggest player in the game pretty much like they have 60% market share and they're just heads and heads and shoulders above everyone else even Microsoft had their own product called Azure and they're even head and shoulders above them basically but like it is very very much security based like Amazon have uh, physical data centers all over the world and you don't even know where they are they don't tell you like that's just you know where they are geographically but in, you don't give you an address or anything like that so it's, uh, it's, it's a bit odd um, but that's obviously for a reason you know, there's no need for you to know, though, is there? No, absolutely not. No, but like people want it's one of the reasons, I guess, one of the strange things that I'm doing it now since 2017 uh, in the in the actual business. So that, I'm not, that role for four years. But before that, obviously, I would have heard the term because I've been in like IT for 15, 20 years at this stage. Uh, but we kind of knew what it was. We knew why it was called cloud. We knew what cloud meant. But other people just think it's like this kind of thing, like osmosis. It's 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 in the ether. It doesn't exist. Like it's, and if you talk about physical hardware to people, they're going, "What do you mean physical hardware? It's it's in the cloud, you know." But really, everything has to be somewhere, you know. In a box. Exactly. <laughs> Essentially, what we say it is, it's a black box. Like that's what Amazon is. To us, it's a black box. You don't care what it is, but you you build whatever you want in it. And what I mean by that is like, Amazon themselves own the physical infrastructure. They own servers. They own disks which contain all the data they own all the networking cables that go through the, through your internet through telephony through all the sort of infrastructure and then from that base up is what is presented to the client or to the consultants which we are as there you go do what you want so essentially what you're doing is you're building servers as software so you're using code to build servers but on the under end the under layer that amazon manage it's of course physical like it has to be like it doesn't just exist in the air. Like it has to be, has to be somewhere. So our data centers, and I can't believe I didn't mention this to Sheep Fitzpatrick, a previous guest that I had on. But our data centers, would a good way of describing them to people be hard drives the size of like industrial estates? Basically, yeah. that's basically all basically it is. It's just it's just a hard drive. Like a, a computer basically is built is made up of three components. Kind of there's storage. There's CPU, which is your processing power, and then there's ma- memory, RAM. So that's they're, they're the three components that you use. And when you spec a server, as in a software server, you go, you know, because there's a massive amount. You just take take for granted that Amazon have ample amount. They could they could facilitate six thousand servers in Singapore in the space of a day and a half or whatever. You just take that for granted. So a customer says, I want a server and I want it to be this size, and you have. Four CPUs, sixteen CPUs, uh, eight gig of RAM, and f- five hundred gig of storage, and that's basically what you're doing. So then, when you put that into like a software code, it's called like a template, basically, and that template goes, "This is what I want." You put it onto their infrastructure, it spins up a virtual server, and then that sits on their actual hardware infrastructure. So somewhere the data on that virtual server 
is on a memory bank is a bank a wall of disks somewhere and that's like there Okay, so your business might be located in Athenry, but all your company's information is in the Amazon building, wherever it is. It could be in Ireland, it could be Singapore, it could be anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's like a consideration that clients need to understand and and, need, and are often asking about, you know. Because I think there is this thing that um, cloud services, as in Amazon or Microsoft, whatever, they'll move data around the world depending depend on what they feel like, you know, depending on what they have for breakfast or depend. So I think that there's a common misconception because electricity is, you know, you can pay for electricity at day or night at cheaper rates. Yes. It's the same way you do for domestic use. So they'd say, oh, well, if they're doing that here, they might as well move all our data over, follow the sun, you know what I mean? So during the night time, they're getting cheaper, cheaper Jesus rates for electricity. Christ. But that doesn't happen and it can't happen. Like, it's just too much effort. So like, you know, we'd have clients who are, Irish-based clients and they've been in the financial industry, like they would have GDPR and that sort of stuff they have to ensure that, you know, and re- just regulations that they have to ad- adhere to. So they're going, so how can I be sure that my data is not going anywhere? How is it not going to America? How is it not going to whatever? You know, Amazon would never bother. Like, why would they? Like, the way they manage um, data retention and ensure they have failover. Just say you build a server and you have a company and they're running off the server and everything you do is on this server you know if you have it in your physical office uh, if that server's gone all your data's gone what do you do so that's why companies have business continuity plans you know so to say if the server goes I want to make sure I have a, a replication of the same server here or somewhere else in a different location so if this goes if there's a fire in the building we go to that building and we start up blah 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 the way Amazon manage that is like they have uh, as I said they have a physical data center in in Dublin but they have three separate physical data centres in Dublin. So that one region is called Europe, for example. But they replicate the data across those three data centres. So as far as they give a service to the customer to say, this data you put on your server is 99.999, I think it's 14 nines, uh, safe. You know, you can't lose that. Like it'd be one in a million that any any kind of, you know, gigabyte of data is lost at that, that, kind of, that kind of rate and they replicate the data across those three physical sites so if one of those physical sites go down they still have the same data over here covered by two other data centres and I guess that's one of the things that clients want to be sure of and it's really hard for them to get their heads around sometimes It's so, funny because I was on the, the opposite end entirely to what you're doing so your business say is inbound is it they ring you looking for services? Yeah, typically Okay, so jump back Jesus, when was it? I know, 10 years, I was doing account management with Aircom and I was selling what they called SaaS at the time, software as a service. service, And I talk about getting the short straw. I got accountants and solicitors and I was outward sales, basically. So I was contacted. Oh, no, it wasn't outward sales. It was, was outward sales, but I was account management. So I was looking after accountants and solicitors, two of the most conservative mm. industries you can fucking think of. Mm. And I was basically ringing up Pat, whose dad started an accountancy firm down in fucking Mayo. Talking about black magic. Pretty much, That's yeah. That's what it is. Like. <laughs> no, just put everything in the cloud is what I was telling them. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. But I like it here in my office, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, my yeah. server. And I was like, but what happens if someone pours a cup of tea over your server? And yeah, I was yeah. like, well, what happens if your deal falls through? And I was trying to give them all the, the assurances that you can now give people without really being able to give them 10 yeah, years yeah. ago. Like yeah, yeah. It was long before fucking Amazon had a data yeah. center in Ireland. Well, it, exactly. Well, they would have had all that same thing. Like software as a service is still the same thing, but it's the way to go and the way people, what people are doing. Because... Like, for most people and most companies, if you look talk about SMEs, small small to medium enterprises, like you know, 
there's massive costs for running running a business. Even if you look at everyone wants to have email or everyone needs to have email. So you're looking at Microsoft Outlook, which is probably the primary service for what people use. Like typically in the olden days, and I, I'm not even talking about when I was still doing it maybe five, ten years ago, and even still now people have uh, a, a Exchange server, physical server in the office. Um, and they have to buy that server. Then they have to maintain that server. Then you have to buy licenses for for the app, for the software. You have to buy licenses for all the users. You have to maintain and manage the all the, the electricity, the power supply, all that sort of stuff to those people. Like Microsoft offer that as a software as a service now. So basically, you go online, you sign up, you put in credit card details, and bam, there you go. You have your service. You don't have to worry about your server. You don't have to worry about providing air conditioning to a room or power to a room or making sure it's not going to blow up in a flood fire protection all that jazz you don't worry about any of it yeah, training people like, once you have an it. internet connection you're in like. yes yes um, but the funny thing about it is like it really goes hand in hand with what's happening now in coronavirus and, and uh, the pandemic because everyone's working from home you know like we have one client as I said they're kind of a um, they're a small to medium company that are based in Dublin they're in financial services so typically they wouldn't have a whole lot of experience around IT and they would have had um you know, the usual servers in the office, that sort of stuff. And they moved to the cloud with us some time ago, but they still always had this thing of having people in the office and getting people connected in the office and having desktops on the, on the office for people coming in. Now they're all going, we need, we need laptops. We Because like, even when we go back to the office or when we go back into the office, they want to have the, the flexibility for people to go and work remotely if they have to. Because it, it's just opened up a whole new world. Like, you know, you're not chained to a desk, you're not chained to here, you can... You can have people work from home via laptop and they have everything they need to have, you know, that they would have in the office. I think the only thing that they were going to the office for was post, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they have to sort <laughs> Which post. in itself is a but, bit outdated. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, like, it's it's crazy. For us, for our company, like, we just need an internet connection. We could be anywhere. So it made no sense for us to go back in the office. Like, I haven't been in the office in a year, you know? And it doesn't make any sense. And will you? I mean, presumably the people who pioneer working from home will be fucking companies peddling cloud computing exactly services. yeah like this is like, it's ideal for us like, and and even for management like it's funny because all the office politics are gone you know like you would have had to deal with people and, and they're bickering you know not getting on with people this that and this that sort of stuff that's all gone now so people have their own space they don't feel like they're being you know people come in on top of them they can do whatever they want they can wear whatever they want. They can have tea or breakfast or whatever they want. And as long as they show up for work to get their, what they need to get done, they show up for the calls in a professional manner. And happy days, like who cares? So it's great, you know. Yeah, it's, they're not trying to dress for the occasion or you yeah. know, appease anybody or talk shite at the water cooler or anything. Yeah, exactly. Nonsense. Which kind of suits people like myself and yourself. Like I'd uh, go out on a limb and say you'd be more introverted than extroverted. Mm. So it kind of suits you. But I suppose the downside of it is all those horrible extroverted people who... That's like it. people keep you away from them pricks <laughs> that's the thing like in the, in, like in the office we would have had like a small group of people when we started maybe 25 people and it was all in an office area and there'd be clicks you know those people would go for coffee and they'd be, these other people wouldn't be yeah. going for coffee and it's just kind of going what are they talking about when we're not there what are they, all that sort of stuff like, and that really it, like I'm kind of a, in, a, in a manager role trying to organise stuff with different people and you're kind of getting involved in that stuff and you're you're getting involved in these petty arguments trying to kind of diffuse situations and that kind of jazz like, it's really really it takes up a lot of your time. And that's you, all gone. That's what management is to a large degree, isn't it? Exactly. It's dealing yeah. with all that nonsense. Exactly. It's craziness. So for a lot of organisations, I think they've seen the light, really, you know. And you can see the knock-on effect of it now. Like, people don't need to live in Dublin anymore. And they go, oh, hang on a second. I don't need to live, live in Dublin anymore. You know, and then the, you're going to have to see the change then in developments. Like, you know, Google 
at the start of the pandemic or early last year bailed out of a, a building they were building in Dublin around the Docklands, you know, because they go, we don't fucking need this anymore. We yeah, do we don't need the ones we have, never mind building exactly. new ones. So or. it's going to change, like, and it's going to change for the better in most cases. Like, a lot of this was coming anyway, though, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Corona to me, to a large degree, was an accelerant of these yeah, things. that's what that people was coming. I think so. Because, like, either, even look at it, like, the housing crisis, that, like, the housing crisis was people needed to be in the city centre, you know? There's plenty of rural places that are not served fully, and not served as they should be, but um, either by infrastructure for rail or broadband or, you know, whatever. Um, but they're, like, the, the cities are densely populated and overrun with people. You know, we can spread people out now. We don't need to be in the centre of the city. We don't need to be here. We don't need to be there. Like People are starting to understand you can do whatever you want. And there's people who had jobs that lost jobs, you know, and they got started up their own businesses. You know, you'll see people now who are, at the start of the pandemic, were getting into their own car and started working for DHL or started work, working for DPD, you know, just thinking about ways to, to do, get out and make money. And I think the, the work-life balance for a lot of people has, has, has got way better. I haven't travelled to Dublin in the last year you know I'm here with the I'm up in the morning and I'm in with the kids as soon as I finish work you know I was going to just mention that because what I was going to say was it's not all sunshine and light though working from home when you've kids like what age are yours now yeah Jared he'll be two next week and Cara is six months fuck but it's funny because we only moved into this house in October but like going back to our situation or our company situation we have um, senior people junior people whatever various ages like for the younger people, and it's been the same way since probably the economic boom in Ireland or whatever, you know, a lot of young people live together in apartments. and they, So those people living from home, they're kind of working, living in house shares. So you could be someone in a bedroom, someone in a kitchen, someone in a here, you know. So for them, it's not ideal. Like They'd like to be in office some of the time because at least it gives them their own space. But for most people, if you have your own space, it's really the ideal, the ideal scenario, you know. Um, we were living, uh, so Jared is too, so... He was. He would have been one. Yeah, he would have been exactly one at the start of the pandemic last last March. So we had we were living in a two bed apartment in Clooney. So that was fine up in Glen, and I was using his his bedroom when he was up uh, as an office. Uh, but uh, then he'd take a nap. I'd have to go somewhere else, whatever. Um, which is fine. It worked for then because there's only three of us. And um, but then Cara came along in July last year. So it ruined everything. It ruined everything. <laughs> fucked it all up. I wasn't expecting her. Just right on the doorstep. <laughs> Uh, but we had already been planning anyway at that stage to, 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 to buy a house, you know. We would have been first-time buyers. It would have been in a, in a good position. So, um, yeah, so that all happened. It happened fairly quickly, really. We moved fairly quickly, I should say. But then, you know, the whole thing happened and construction went into lockdown and everything went pear-shaped. But, uh, um, but then, for the last two months, we were living with Hazel's parents out in, uh, out in Lady Rat there. Uh, and it was grand because they had an office space, so... I could work there during the day and not be, you know, have my own space out there as well. And it was grand. But the only thing you had, the only the only issue I had out there was broadband. Like, I was fucking two meg broadband at some point and it would just go up and down throughout the day. And I was just, it was like, you find it impossible to, to work like that, really. You, that's, that is the thing that you, you, the one thing that you have is the one thing that is not serviced out in outside towns or, or cities, you know. And it's getting most, better, obviously. For most people, I mean, it's, um, your broadband is synonymous with your, with your electricity oh, it's in relation to being able to work. Oh, it's everything now. Like, yeah, so for me, it's work. I need it. I have to have it. Like, I don't, you can't work without it. For everyone's the same, obviously, you join. But we have a, one of our biggest clients, you know, we have a, a monthly meeting with them. It's a monthly meeting to say how, how everything's going. You have your SLAs and your KPIs and you put it forward to them. You tell them uh, anything you're working on and, and 
all the finance financial statistics all that sort of stuff and it's a big pack it's about like 35 slides you know and I put that together every month and I'm like from our organisation there'll be three people on the call uh, Zoom call and then there'll be maybe 15 or 20 from the client organisation and um, I put it all together some people have inputs and they have maybe one or two slides or whatever and then they throw it in I'll hand over to them and they read out their slides whatever but the majority of the pack is mine and I know it and I read it and I present it so uh, it was the the, ter- the Thursday before the Thursday of the meeting at nine o'clock, internet goes down. Uh, the, 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 the call you in Wilkinson? Call is at ten o'clock, like, and I'm going, oh fuck's sake, trying to get it back, restarting the route, all that sort of jazz, like. And I'm ringing one of the other guys in the office, going, uh, listen, uh, my broadband's gone, so can you present this? Look, half an hour before the meeting, he goes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'll just have to read off the slides. But and the whole thing was like, I I got on just in time for the call but I couldn't be heard like I was like breaking up the whole yes. time like real robotic and I was just everyone's going no Dave like if you can't hear you blah 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 so I just had to let him take it but it was a fucking nightmare and I was cringing inside for him because he was trying to present the shit in a professional professional manner to show these guys know what they're talking about these guys know what they're doing and it was just yeah, like wild he, he didn't know the material like he, he hadn't a clue like he hadn't seen it before so he was trying to fucking wing it but it was a complete disaster but in that situation like when that when that goes you know, at the at that crucial moment, you're fucked. You're sitting duck like there's nothing you can do. So uh, that that was one. It happened once or twice uh, in that scenario. But like you feel for people who are in those situations, in rural situations where they have to work full time, and you, your broadband's gone. You're gone for the day. Like there's nothing you can do about it. So you really are kind of relying on the infrastructure. No, oh, big time. Like I, I even see it myself. Like I do solo episodes of this podcast in the studio that we're in. Like leave it in the back of the van that's parked on the side of the house. And I'd be going in to record a podcast, just myself and a microphone. But before I do, I might have, I'm, I know vaguely what I want to talk about, and I might want to just double check something. So I check the internet, like you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look it up, on, I'll Google mm-hmm. it, or whatever. But even for that, like if if I don't have that, I find that I can't do yeah. it. So you you really do need it for everything. You need it for you even need it for things that it's not really that necessary to do. If, yeah. if that makes sense, it's a lifeline. Like it's going to become like a necessity. Um, you know, like. You can't move into a house now, as you said, without electricity. You can't move whatever one and water. Like it's going to become. You can't move. You can't move into a house. So you can't live in an area with no broadband connection. You know. Well, you gave me a great example as I pulled in when I went looking for a, a socket to plug the extension lead into the into the studio that we're in at the minute, and you have an outdoor socket at the front of your house for electric cars. You were saying. Yeah. So that was the idea. Like they they they'd put one on one house when they're building these, and then they said, "Oh, sure, we might just put it on the mall." Because like it's coming. It's coming in in three years. It's coming in five years. But these houses will be here when it's here you know so it'll be needed like a lot of places now you know you try to retrofit stuff that were never there maybe 10-15 years ago and uh, you know it's always handy to have it there in advance but it's always about the forward thinking you know the forward planning when you're building a house or when someone's building a house they're trying to think of what is going to future proof it as much as possible you know because the thing about that is like I would assume now I've absolutely no reason in the world to assume this but I'm just going to go ahead and assume your house is well insulated mm. because if it has a outdoor plug for the electric car that you don't have yet, yeah. you're just going to assume that everything is to a certain standard. Yeah, they did all that. Like, and why not? Because like, you know what's coming out at this point. Like, this house is pretty built. Uh, well, they started building it two years ago. It was finished in October this year, but it had you know cat cat six cabling throughout and uh, underfloor heating and the downstairs. It has it's energy uh, A rating or whatever I don't know A three or whatever rating is. Um, when we when we moved in in November or October from the other house, you put the heating on at twenty one degrees, and you go, "Jesus, it's fucking sweating in here," because it just retains heat, like you know. Yes. You don't. You come into a house where it would have been drafty or cold, and you'd be putting a jumper on. You're putting the heating on, 
But like it's low energy heating because it doesn't need to be high energy heating, if you know what I mean, or powerful. So because it retains heat, you don't have to heat so much. You don't have to put so much heat into it. Yeah, you can, so that's you the way could it, heat your house on a candle as the expression yeah, goes. So that's what it is. Like, and really, that has to be the way forward because like uh, to retain the energy rather than spend the energy is what you really want to be doing. You know. No, absolutely. And the beauty of insulation, I suppose, is it works in the opposite. So it'll keep, you won't have to spend a fortune cooling your house yeah. in the summer for the exact same reason. Well, except for the windows, that's the other thing about it, isn't it? And I don't know, that, I, I think um, in Ireland, we never had, no one ever considered air conditioning in houses. And uh, I think it's going to be a thing going forward, it might have to be a consideration because, like, you know, houses in Ireland, the old houses and the old estate houses and the old houses in in rural Ireland, they're cold, they're damp, they're this, they're that. They're not facing as they should be, you know. It was never architected properly to, to bring in the day, the morning sun and blah, blah, blah. But I in in the apartment I was in in Clonee, uh, in the summertime, you know, we were the first floor, but it, actually the lower floor was uh, uh, shops and, and car park. So you were up, up high and then the street levels above it. But there was nothing, like there was fields across the other way. So there's nothing blocking the sun coming in the window. And I come home in the evening, maybe three or four o'clock in the summer, when, you know when we had those warm summers, and the place would be like a fucking sauna. <laughs> You'd be opening the doors, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you can't, there's, you, you no air conditioning. You get a fan, but it's a load of bollocks. It just blows the hot air and around. I think one of the hottest summers we had was, like, the summer Hazel was pregnant with uh, with Jared, uh, and she was like, fucking, I need a fucking fan, I need a fan. She was fucking roasting and sweating. But uh, there's nothing you can do about it, you know, because it is, the sun comes in through the window, you can't get it out, you know, the heat is there and that's it. Like So, air conditioning probably, with the way the global warming is going now and the way these energy rated houses are going, I think it's going to be a consideration for the future. No, without a doubt. When you started talking about working for um, the cloud computing uh, company, so... I was actually a bit taken back because I thought you were involved in something else. Now, maybe you've changed jobs or maybe I'm referencing the same thing, but the Internet of Things was what you were into yeah. the last time I was chatting to you. Is that the same that's job the same or have you deal, moved? Yeah. Like, that's 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 a thing that's a term, the IoT is what they, they say, and basically it's everything, you know. It's like, like one of the clients we had, or we have, it, it uses that um, as one of their services, you know, because uh, uh, you can basically, basically, you can have a device... Uh, that sends information out. It sends either gathers information out or to information. So, like, you could have a, a a laptop, right? So, you have a laptop at a. Just say you work in Vodafone and you have, uh, um, you have all these people working in Vodafone. They have their own laptops and they need information in the laptop, you know, on a, in a real time basis. So, you'd have that laptop would have a, a device. You know, a laptop is a, is, a, is a pretty bad example because you know everyone knows an internet a laptop has internet access, but it has access to internet. Well, what made me say this in the first place was I was thinking of the aircon. So would that yeah. work as an example, like yeah. your air conditioning unit? Say, like the thing we were talking about when we were talking about IoT before, and in 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 respect to what you were doing, like so that's what you can do. So like actually, I'll give you another example. One of the girls that worked with us, she was she's kind of in college doing a degree at the same time she was working with us, uh, you know, in, in the evenings, and as part of her. Um, thesis whatever she's doing I don't know what she's doing at the end of her her, her pro, end of year project was she was using IOT and uh, what she decided uh, she was going to do is like there was a problem apparently there was a problem I don't know I never heard of it but apparently if a sheep is it a sheep if a sheep falls over it can't get back <laughs> Does up anybody, and there's no yeah, one there to see no it there's no one here to see it they kick him in the head or what happens no if a sheep falls over it can't get back up that's right it, it can't, it can't write, write itself, itself. Yeah, yeah. so sheep you know, a farmer could go out and go in for his tea in the evening and go, that's a great day now when all the sheep are happy and they're all high-fiving on and come out of the fucking dead on the ground. Because it fell over just after, or someone, one of the other ones tripped him up or something, you know, after a man left. They're bullying, <laughs> they're bullying him. A few points. So, uh, 
what she decided to do is she, she was having this thing like so she, basically an IoT device that's like basically a gyroscope the same as you'd have in your your iPhone when you turn it over it knows it flips the screen or whatever so yes. it, it keeps a level or whatever so it, you put it on the, the sheep's back just with it, some adhesive a wool adhesive <laughs> and you put it on and it, he walks around all day with the thing and like he doesn't know it's there it's a tiny little thing it's battery powered and it has like a, a, a SM you know it's, it's a micro sim or whatever or maybe not even maybe it, have, it has a, a signal into his house and in his house he has a, 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 a microchip or a, a, G, a GPS or a G, what what's it called a fucking microchip sim whatever it is anyway so if the sheep falls over uh that thing goes, the gyroscope goes, it knows it's on the, on the ground or knows it's in not the right position, sends out, uh, sends out a call to, to, to sends out an internet bleep. That goes into the cloud where all the processing is done and this, this goes, okay, this sheep is in this position, this field, blah, blah, blah. It sends a message to your man's phone number or whoever's phone number it is and he gets a call saying, your sheep's after falling over and he runs out and writes them up. Like that sort of stuff. Like It's yeah. a tiny little device that can send as much information to wherever you want, and it can all be configured by via software. So basically, this thing, like this, is a very uh, unintelligent thing. Like it only knows I'm I'm up or I'm down. But by by manipulating that information into software via the software in the cloud, and saying, okay, if this happens, I want this to happen, and then this to happen, and this to happen, and it can trigger all these events. It's dominoes. Yeah, exactly. Basically. So you can do whatever you want. You know, you can. Turn on floodlights, or you can whatever you know. All this sort of stuff, the sheep, exactly. Right. Just kill the sheep. Put, put the sniper on him. All that stuff can happen. And we were talking about it as well because at the same time we were talking about you were talking about uh, growing the veg, the the, the micro uh, greens that you were growing, and you were saying that you had to make sure the soil is a certain temperature, or if it goes the humidity goes up in a certain place, and you have to you have to be aware of when you're checking it constantly. You're in and out there all the time. And I said, well, like you know, you can have a sensor in the soil that then triggers an alert to say throw more water on or throw more turn a fan on or whatever like all that stuff can, can be controlled by IoT or better and, again instead of telling you to turn the fan on does tell it the fan to turn the fan that's on that's what I mean yeah you can do all that sort of stuff as well like we use it with servers not IoT but just intelligence in alerting like you know uh, the server can restart if the server goes into a certain state it says I'm not happy or whatever or a certain error a certain error gets generated at an operating system level it can trigger a, a, a lambda function is called it's just a, a service in AWS just code basically to say restart that server or do something else or do something else so you can it's all manipulation of software to to make unintelligent things do smart things if you know what I mean yeah so basically when, when I'm at home and my server or my modem or whatever crashes me being an IT genius I plug it out and yeah. I plug it back in again but what you're saying is you could have it rigged up so that if this happens it not unplugs itself and turns turns it back on but basically cuts the power and cuts, puts it back on yeah exactly something like that yeah like a lot of the IoT stuff is, it's great like what the ability there that's there is amazing and it, some people are implementing it on a, in an enterprise level and it's doing things that are it makes makes sense you know it's oh that, that's a good idea let's do that or whatever you know but I think there's a lot of a lot of people trying to demonstrate its uses by doing things that are not very useful you know what I mean they're trying that, that's what I was they're inventing stuff that goes this makes sense they go yeah but you could just do this you know, or you could just do this. Like it, they're going over engineering stuff just so to show you what it can do. Yes. But I think once people catch on to what what it is doing, they go, well, "Well, here's a simple idea," and that's really what it is. It's it's a simple thing, but you can really make simple things easier. Or uh, as I was saying to you, like 
rather than you have to check on your things four times a day. Just you can be insure and you can be confident that the thing is running as it should be, and you don't have to worry about it only once a day or whatever. Yes. And even then, you can check on it. You can even have a relay to, to your to your phone. So is it is it actually working as it should be? Oh yeah, it's grand. You know that sort of stuff. So in in that kind of using it in that kind of an implementation makes a lot of sense. It, it would become very useful. But it's it's having. It's understanding what the trigger point is, you know what I mean? So you know for if the soil goes a certain temp or gets a certain humidity, uh, it needs to trigger something. Or if that sheep falls over or if that thing falls over, then it triggers a certain thing. You know, so there are, there are simple things that it can help with, but it, the tr- you have to understand what the trigger is and understand what action you need to have. Uh, but once you know that, putting the code together when someone knows what they're doing is fairly straightforward, you know? It's, it sounds, it's a complicated thing that's really very simple. Like mo- like most things, like yeah. I, f- I find if 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 I'm if I'm if somebody's trying to explain something to me and I'm not getting it and it seems really complicated, these days my knee jerk is the person that's explaining it to me a is just absolutely useless at explaining anything or b doesn't really know what he's fucking talking about. Yeah, it's like it's like the mouse trap. You don't remember the game mouse trap? Oh, vaguely, yeah. Yeah, you know the board game and you twist this thing and it goes down. The marble goes down here. Goes yes, that, goes in, like y- the idea is you're putting the, the, the basket on the mouse. You can just put the fucking basket on the mouse, you know. You don't need to do all that shit, you know. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of technology and uh, devices and stuff that we have now and hardware is like over-engineered for what it needs to be, you know. It, it's it's just marketing, you know what I mean? They're trying to sell products. So a lot of that stuff now you see. Uh, what was I looking at recently? And I go, it shit doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh yeah, like Alexa. You know, you have Alexa and everyone has it in the house. It's great. I use it for Spotify and the radio and stuff. I'm the same. But I wouldn't use it for turn the lights on. No, you know, it's a demonstration of what it can do. Great, but it's it's understanding how you do that. Okay, that makes sense. That's that's doing you, you, a voice command is telling you to do something that you want to do. Fine, but I don't need fucking to say turn the lights off and I just turn the switch off. That's you know, extend my hand. It's it's funny you say that because I was thinking to myself, was it was it you years ago that told me this, or may, maybe it was, maybe it was somebody else. But the the idea was that imagine a world whereby there was no such thing as light switches, and in every house you had voice control. Uh, so lights on, lights off. The person that invented the switch would have been considered a genius. <laughs> yeah, you just open the door of the room and flick on the light. No calling, no nothing, just on yeah. and off. Like it's like the fucking I don't know. This is probably an anecdote as well. Probably has no base in reality or fact. But there was this thing going around for a while. You know, you know, the Americans spent fucking millions. NASA spent millions developing the ballpoint pen so they could write upside down in space. But the Russians just used pencils. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There's no it's a perfect engineer. analogy. Exactly. Yeah. But I think Patter had one of them. Like the, the NASA pen. Did that, that you could write upside down with it, like past guest and friend of the show. Yeah, exactly. It was like something. I go, all right, fair enough. You could you could write in zero gravity because the, it, it had a, a vacuum inside or. the fucking ink dwell or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Use a fucking yeah. pencil. <laughs> You'd be an old school dude yourself, I believe. If memory serves me correctly, you have a, a record player. Yeah, I've had record player for records for before, before they, they came, were cool. Before they were cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, since fucking the thousands, like ninety nine, probably is when I started. Fuck, that's old school. Yeah, I don't actually have one at the minute because when the babies came along, uh, <laughs> they were pulling it. Game over, Paul burst. Yeah, like I have them in the house now. I have all the records still upstairs in, in the room, and I put it. Like I, I've been meaning since I moved into the house to get a new record player, but I haven't got one yet. But it will be a turntable will be set up to uh, speakers I have on the wall now because they're in, in hung on the wall, and I well, before I moved in here, I got all the cable and put in through behind the plasterboard you know for the yes. TV and, and the speaker so they can't pull at the stuff so it's, it's it's set up now so it's ready to go but yeah yeah record players I uh, sure I had decks at the start that's what I got first you know 
En uh, wicka wicka. Ja. Yeah. Uh, in de in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but yeah, so I've just been buying records ever since and gone through probably about 50 record players. Because that thing is a, a fucking uh, a, a rabbit hole. Like, if you get into high end uh, audio, uh, it's fucking the world's your oyster, you know what I mean? You fucking it's, people it's spend. In, it's interesting thousands. because there's a bit of crossover here between something else. Um, I used to be big, I was never into, I was never an audiophile. Yeah. My you little were a baby. My, huh? You were a pedophile. <laughs> no. <laughs> My uh, little baby so, brother, a past guest and friend of the show, Pat. He's an audiophile and he's been harping on me about getting fucking headphones and getting mm. like sound cancellation stuff mm. and record players and, and all that jazz and ah, whatever. And I, 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 I'm, I have gotten into it somewhat recently. I've actually two sets of headphones down here for recording this, but I haven't played around with them enough to see what way it works. That's why we're not using them. But um, yeah, so I was always into my TVs. I always liked sharp picture. The sound, you know, once I could hear and it was it was it was decent. As long as the sound wasn't poor, I've no issue. But what I've been thinking uh, of late about the screens is the screens are getting uh, higher definition all the time and have been since as long as there's been TVs. But presumably we're going to get to a point if we haven't reached it already that they've gone past the point that we can actually tell the difference. Yeah. And I'm curious as to what your thoughts are in relation to sound. Like, surely it's going to get to a point whereby... Diminishing returns. Well, yeah. yeah. yeah you, you pump in... It, it's twice the price for a difference that's in unnoticeable to the human ear, say. Yeah. Well, I, I think... Um, record... When people are into... Audiophiles are into records and stuff. It's not even about that. Because uh, it's about reproducing the sound from the record because like they say when a record is done it's a, it's a it's a you know mp3s and cds all that they're a lossy format the sound wave is reduced to increase to decrease the the data on the disc and mp3 is obviously a, a worse version of that you know it's like um it's it's making the file size smaller by removing frequencies that we apparently can't hear that's how an mp3 works that's, that's what he's saying of an mp3 is shit now you know mp3 was all the rage when it started but now anyone who's an audiophile is now using flac files or um the rune or title these online services like spotify would use lossy format as well so it, it cuts out some of the sound do you know what i mean yeah uh, to make the file size smaller to make it fit on a disc or whatever uh, but so, sure, sorry to cut across you but surely if you can pack in uh fucking Hey, an ultra HD three and a half hour movie on a on a, a DVD. Surely you can put on a fucking fifteen track album of five minute songs and and include all of that. Oh, you can like they have those. They have discs like you know they, they used to have. I don't know what they're called. Well, they, see, they had super CDs when they had CDs. Like so, a super CD would be as we we're saying like a Blu-ray version of a DVD, for example, a okay. higher quality sound. But like at the end of the day, like. Uh, when they're producing CDs is for the pop market essentially like, people, that's the biggest seller of, of music they're not into having like High an orchestra in the house or listening to, listen to Britney Spears on our headphones or you know whatever <laughs> whatever it is and the MP3s at those days like, do I sound like an old man now talking about Britney Spears <laughs> but she is topical it's topical because of the documentary right? um, but so vinyl records is a different, a different beast because what you're trying to do is vinyl is like um, it's analog sound so it, it's basically a record onto, onto the thing well actually there's a bit of a swizz going on with these with the new hip hipster trend for vinyl records, because a lot of the vinyl records that are produced are actually produced from digital sources. 
So they're okay, a bit of a swizz. Purpose yeah, exactly. Place. But then, if you, for people who know what they're looking for, they look for the mono, or not the mono version, sorry, the analog versions of those records. So a reproduction of the one from, you know, a Neil Young album from the 70s or whatever. But when Neil Young was seven albums in the 70s, they were just churning out fucking music. They weren't doing it for an audiophile. They weren't doing it for whatever. So now you have this stuff, the new hipster thing, which is Neil Young is now releasing all his... Well, I'm using him as an example. I don't know, but you know what I mean? So it, you know, people... His back catalogue. Yeah, basically. back catalogues. He's now. re-recorded it, is it? Well, we're re-ma- from the masters, yeah. We're re-pressing it from the masters, I guess. Okay. So when you have that sound, like that's not a lossy... For, like All the sound is in there. Everything that was recorded is on that record. So, and... Obviously, a record is a tactile thing, and the only thing that touches the record surface is a tiny little needle, and that's that needle is picking up all the sound based on the bumps, the grooves, and records, and then that's sending that to an amplifier that's amplifying the sound so you can hear it. So, what people are doing, uh, audio files or records are trying to do, is going, they're trying to recreate that sound as as uh, authentically as possible, because every single thing that you add into the system adds its own character. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you take the sound sound signal that comes from the needle, to make that louder, the amp has to use power to amp that sound wave up. But then it's adding its own stuff in, like it's adding own sending sound or whatever from here and there and there. So when the guys are doing records, they're they uh, they try and like they go to crazy lengths to make sure that there's no uh, there's no jumping on the needle. The needle is as solid and level as it can be, and nothing's making it move. And then the the, the the amps and the speakers that they're using are all uh, not adding add their own character but as realistic and as real to the sound as possible but like that's just a thing like to to the point of the power cables that goes into the amp they have power cables like that are 8 inches thick you know because okay. they say oh, all this insulation and it, it, it stops any interference from other electrical fields coming into the system blah from blah blah from the electricity going yeah, through the wire and the same with the speaker wire as well they'll have Oxygen-free speaker cable that has like like maybe six inches thick, and um, you know again same thing. No interference from other electrical signals because like all that's in the atmosphere. You know it all it all comes in from somewhere, and they will even go as far as if they're running speaker cable across the ground, they'll have it on a little piece of wood so it's not touching the carpet or touching the thing. So they, <laughs> like, there's some crazy pictures online. What about, online what about the billions it. of neutrinos that are flying yeah, through you oh, right now? Like This is it. Like, you they know don't I mean? take these into account at all. And this, this <laughs> owl fellow who's there going, well, my record player's like, he's deaf in one ear. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it doesn't make a difference. But like, the, the thing of the record player is like, there's two ways to address that for a record player. You either have mass or suspension. So there's record players that have suspension so they can absorb um, vibrations and don't put it through the needle. Or mass okay, so is if just, you're talking in the room, it's yeah. not going to pick it up, basically. Yeah, so then they did it by damping, you could do it by springs or rubbers or whatever. And then mass is essentially just having, like, mass of material. So then it reduces the reduces the, the vibration through the needle. So, like, you look online, like, there's fucking turntables that cost 500 grand that are just, like, fucking 10 feet tall of, of billet aluminium, um, you know, solid aluminium just grained out into a turntable and there's a little elastic machine that See, a solid piece of aluminium the, you have the elastic going to the platter because the elastic comes to the motor so you don't have the motor sound going into the platter you know, all, <laughs> like it's, you know it's, it's a fucking it's a science that's cool I love it but man. no but there is like there's definitely a, 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 you get to a point where diminishing returns like you, you know some people walk into the room and that fucking 50 grand record player would sound the exact same as a fucking Technics 1200 oh, which, which is a great turntable but it's, it's not the same price you know what I mean so but everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Like, Technics, who do these DJ turntables, you know, 
those the, you know the, that's the kind of industry standard for record tables is the Technics 1200 uh, that's what they would use everywhere and they started out as an audiophile turntable and the reason they're good for DJs is because they were they had uh, mass built into them for audiophiles but it's worked re- worked really well for DJs because they couldn't obviously when you think about it a DJ's on the decks and you have a fucking room full of people jumping up and down so he wasn't even concerned about the sound he was concerned about the fucking needle jumping up and down off the record yes. so he wanted those and wanted that the stability of those which worked really well but now like, they would have been they were pretty expensive enough they might be pretty about 600 quid each right to buy uh, maybe in the 90s they, like Panasonic or Technic, I think it's Panasonic to own them. They now have re-released it, you know, or back with back with a bang, the the original Technic Twelve Hundred, and they sell them now for three three four grand. You know what I mean? So they're all jumping on the bandwagon of this this, this fucking thing, yeah, yeah, just because it's it's hip and it's in the fucking whatever. But they know people are spending the money on it, so they just create and again they'll over-engineer something just so they can charge extortionate amount of money for it, you know? Yeah, well, we, I've seen the same now in, uh, with laptops. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you go to buy a laptop, and I'm walking into the shop thinking to myself, I want to be able to send an email, I want to be able to watch videos, maybe have a, a lens so I could fucking video call someone, and they're selling me fucking capabilities that you could hack into NASA with this thing, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like NASA. Hack into NASA. NASA's <laughs> like, fucking dead, man. Space Race is dead. Yeah, but it's funny, going back to TVs, like what you were saying, like, you know, 8K, I think, is the latest, right? Oh fuck yeah! I'm not. But it, since the kids came in to the picture, yeah, that all fell but like eight K fucking whatever TV, but nothing broadcasting eight K. Like there isn't even <laughs> Netflix in eight K. Netflix is four K. So like you're buying this shit and they're making the shit available, but you can't even use to its capabilities. You know? Yeah, no, it's without just, a doubt. And you've la- you've lads and myself included. Like I would have pro- I would have prided myself on my four K Ultra HD fucking TV so many years ago, and the screen would be dusty. And mm. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be wearing my glasses half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's funny because like you know those the 4K and the 8K whatever. You know when you see them in in Harvey Norman's or whatever, they have this demo thing which is 4K. Oh, of course, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, only yeah. time you'll ever see 4K because you don't yes. get like, now Netflix does 4K whatever. But like before then they didn't have like and you'd be waiting three or four years before there is. So you just wait till it's fucking half the price four years later and then you'll have it running at what it's supposed to run at. You know what I mean? Because you know the way the prices come out and they're massive and then they go down whatever. Of course, yeah. So yeah. you just fucking adjust to what's available you don't have to spend the massive money to have the top of the range shit you know no, no, but I suppose no, if those people weren't buying it then they wouldn't be developing it so it's a it's a vicious circle you know yeah no it surely is getting back to the turntables for a sec though because the turntable well there's something that confuses me about it it's it's not digital that's the whole that's yeah. the selling point of mm. it. it's not digital you lose too much with digital mm. but then as you were saying you've you're putting it through speakers are the speakers not or maybe the speakers aren't digital. No. Okay. Are so, any speakers digital? Uh, no. Like if even if you have like for a CD player, that's a CD is a digital source. Yes. But in in when you put that into a CD player, uh, it goes through a DAC, which is called a digital analog converter. So all that sound is being converted to analog because you can't hear digital. Like digital is like fucking you know ones and zeros. Yeah, it's like the sign is up and down. It's like you know it's square. It's not like an analog wave. You wouldn't be able to hear. You, human ears can't hear. So. Uh, it all converts into analog wave. Like a wave is what makes your eardrum vibrate and create sound. So you wouldn't get that from a digital signal, obviously. So like, it, so a digital analog converter is what converts the, the CD source digital sound into analog sound and puts it out through the speakers. Fuck! I didn't realize that a di- you can't hear a digital sound. <coughs> I don't think you can, no. The may- or maybe there is, but I mean, for, like you couldn't listen to a digital song. Or- yeah, you know, a digital song would be shit. It'd be something like a uh, what do you call them. 
that band? What's that band? <laughs> you tell me, man. Madonna. No, I don't know. <laughs> I show my age again. Craftwork. Craftwork. Who? Craftwork. Crow the fuck are Craftwork? Yeah, from the 80s. Jesus, very, Dave, before old, my time. Very old. You're showing your age. Yeah, I know, yeah. Speak- but they, they have re-released all the back catalog and violent. I'm only joking. They probably have. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like that's it. it. It's like, so the source is again, uh, yeah, so basically there's no conversion. It's analog source to analog output. But it, again, like, it, the source is all is all important because, you know, if your source of your analog recording is being copied from a digital source, then it it it's it, you you're not going to get the best sound anyway. You're not going to get the warm feeling that they talk about from the record. You know. Um, what you have me thinking about now is a mutual friend of ours and past guest and friend of the show, Pat O'Reilly, is was should I say in a band back in the day mm. and he's lit a fire under the, mm. himself and the lads again and they're writing songs and recording songs remotely mm. uh, which is fucking great but judging by what you're after telling me they couldn't do that with analogue sound no because well, in order to send a, it to put somebody put on a tape and put it in the post like a tape is analogue as well you know cassette tape Okay, and you're not being facetious there. You could literally, if you if you wanted to do that remotely, you could literally post each other. But you you can't, or can you, email somebody analog? You have to, it has to be digitized, does it? Yeah, well, yeah, email yeah it has to be digital, analog, digital, digital. Do you remember um, back in the day when we were doing recording on a four track? Oh, very vague. <laughs> yeah, that was on a tape, a four track tape. Okay. So like, you could do that. Like if you could say, I'm recording track one. <laughs> I'll have it in fucking on post registered post here by tomorrow and goes out to fucking Gaza or wherever and he goes, right, I've done track two there, I've done the big bass and send it back. I'd say they probably did that back in the day, like. For some but you stuff. would have had to, if you were doing it remotely, you would have obviously had to. Yeah, like, I know definitely there's, uh, you know the way to do, the, the big thing now is like, uh, people, you know, joining forces and, and being on a, a recording together, singles where you have people coming on, artists doing shit together. Yeah, yeah. And, like th- that would have been big in in last couple of years, and it's. In th- I think in most cases they don't do it together. You know, they do it via right in their own studios. Send, send a file to whatever. But I'm sure that definitely happened in the eighties as well, where they sent real to real tapes across another place, and they put in overdubs or whatever. I'm trying to think of an example now, but I, I think. Oh, do you, yeah. Do you know Dire Straits? Money for nothing. Uh, oh, probably yeah. There's a at the start that there's a bit that goes. I want my MTV at the very start of that that the song. That's Sting doing that. Thing, yeah, and he—I don't think he done that in the studio. I think he probably done it like they sent him the tapes and goes, "You throw, throw a few overdubs in this for us," and then he sends it back in the post and it gets back to them. And like that would be the master is the master tapes, you know, like a big reel to reel tape. Yeah, and then that's what they used then to press it to, to to record or even to tape in the eighties is what they would have done cassette tape in the eighties. Fuck. So it hasn't it hasn't probably changed a lot, like, but it, it made it a little bit faster already. Speaking of sending stuff in the post and getting back to what you were saying, Antrax. about Huh? Antrax. Antrax. Yeah. Um, that was big in the days as well, wasn't it? Surely. <laughs> uh, I remember hearing a story years ago, and I can't remember the details, but the sentiment will be there. There was some, I think it was a big law firm, some big corporation in London, and they wanted to send a file to another building of theirs in London. Now, this the file was colossal. Now, this was 10 years ago, so it might have been like 50 gig, which was just yeah. out of this world big yeah, at the yeah. time. But they, to cut a long story short, they could get it from one building to another via carrier pigeon quicker than the post. sending it. Well, not even the post, but, but sending a, it a via cable, like sending it over the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. But a 56k dial-up, yeah, whatever it was back in well, the day. Exactly, whatever yeah. it was again. And now again, I don't think it was as far back as dial-up. I think they would have had decent internet. Now, don't, don't quote me in the file size. It was basically so big 
given their it was basically so big in comparison to the speed that they had, which was broadband, it wasn't dial up. But the hooking it onto a fucking pigeon's collar or whatever yeah. pigeons have got it across where that bit was. <laughs> well, this one did. This one had the collar, right? But it's funny because, like, yeah, but like it's always the same because, um, like the internet gets faster but the files get bigger you know it's always going to be the same you're always going like, to you still have delays waiting for files to download because because now you have much bigger files you know you're talking terabytes now for, instead of gigs as well so like you're still going to have those issues um, uh, fibre probably is, 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 the, is the way to go for that stuff you know fibre from building to building if you're doing that but anywhere across like in Ireland I, think, I don't know if the, I think you, who's UPC is it uh, Virgin is Virgin take over UPC? Oh fuck, I've no idea. I think they were the only they were the only people in Ireland that had uh, fibre infrastructure across Ireland because like previously you had Telecom Ireland and they had all copper, copper cable and copper whatever. So they were all everyone who came into the country, every internet server provider who wasn't UPC like all the Vodafone's whoever, they were just piggybacking all the aircom. Copper, they copper had lines. the entire infrastructure. Yeah. It wasn't anything else. So was Magnus was was it, were they involved? Yeah, were as they well? one as well? Yeah, they were they like um. Were they only in Dublin? They were only in towns, I think. Yeah, because they, 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 they couldn't afford... Like, if they went into a... They could go into a housing estate and for, I don't know, 10 mile of cable do 200 houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the same amount of cable would only do five out yeah, in the country. Yeah, yeah. Or there's no point in them bringing a fucking a 50, 50 mile ream cable to one person's house so they can only charge them fucking 30 quid a month for it, whatever. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, I think they were using coax as well, so there's different ones, but... Yeah, but, like, that's all a massive bottleneck now because that's why... You have the issue with uh, rural broadband and stuff. It's because, like, broadband, the capabilities now of the and what everyone expects is so high that the copper shitty cable that they had and the exchanges that are now fucking so antiquated just can't handle anything. Like, so if you can have, uh, you can have, you can have a build a new estate and they have all fiber, fiber optic cable in in the estate. Eventually, at some point, I think it's getting better now. Like this has fiber here, but. Going to some places, if you're trying to push all that shit down the fucking uh, a shitty little copper wire, that's where your bottleneck is going to be. You know, that's where the contention comes from. So yeah, you think you're great. You've bought a house that's fully kitted out in fucking fiber, but little do you know, your exchange down the road is just nothing but copper. Exactly. Yeah, but like that's what bro- uh, the national broadband is is now doing. Like that's what they're doing. They're rolling out that stuff, fiber across Ireland. So, and that's what should have been. Imagine it's only happening now, but that should have been done fucking years ago. You know. So essentially what they'll do is like they'll bring a fibre optic cable available to everyone. So like if you're in a fuck up a mountain in Wicklow somewhere in one ha- one cottage for 50 miles, they'll bring it close to your house and then you can pay whatever the fee is to connect your house to that to that to connection. Yeah. But you will have your 100 meg broadband, like, you know. So that's the fucking... And that's government-backed, government-funded, so what should have fucking happened 10 years ago, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, fucking such as life. Do you know what I mean? That's the fucking the way it is with everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what you've have you been in the same job then? So when I thought you were doing the Internet of Things thing, that is the same job that you're yeah. selling. How long are you with this company? Since 2017. So it's okay, four years now actually. Four years of marketing. Okay, and what were you doing before that? Because I th- thought you were you in a, a job for much longer before then. Uh, I was working in IBM for maybe how long was I working in IBM for? 10 years maybe no yeah I was thinking you were somewhere for the best part of a decade alright yeah I think I was in IBM for t- 10 years yeah something like that yeah in IBM instead. that's why I started from college went to, the, to IBM where they do you know call centres yeah so yeah. answering fucking technical questions from idiots and phone calls like fucking horrible job <laughs> it's fucking horrible have you turned it on or turned it off and turned it back yeah. on again you know is there a box on your desk yeah 
uh, okay, can you pull out and put your fucking computer in it because you're too stupid to own one? This kind of <laughs> shit. Like all those jokes are going around, you know. Uh, you used to have the secret code where you'd say, oh, that's a picnic issue. And they go, oh, that's a picnic issue. That's a problem is in the chair, not a computer. You know, that's sort of <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, But, uh, oh, there's, they had loads of funny stories, but it's just it's such an annoying job to do because uh, it's constant. Like you're sitting at a desk from fucking nine to five and a call comes in first thing. As soon as you log on, it's brrr, and someone talking shit, usually angry. And then uh, you put the phone down again and it's straight away it's a call. So you're doing that constantly. Like, if you want to fucking drive yourself demented, do that job for fucking... Oh, I've, I've done it. You were you were logging into a dialer, were you? No. Well, it, yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, but there was a queue already there, like, you know. Oh, you're, you, I was always outbound. Yeah. So oh, no, yeah, this one's in- inbound, yeah, so you're fucking... You're screwed up. Like, there's lots of other tricks you'd have. Uh, you know, you used to give the wrong name and then hang up and then say, oh, I was just talking to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> all that kind of jazz so now, now, that I, now I know when I'm dealing with these people I'm trying to ring Vodafone now to give out and I go oh yeah Mary is it how are you Mary fucking East Indian fucking Indian accent they go alright Mary what's the crack yeah right uh, but like dealing with those people now it's it's horrible it's it's tough to do dealing with them being a the customer but I know what it was like on the other side as well it was fucking even worse horrible things to do but yeah no but I was working there for 10 years but I wasn't doing that job for 10 years obviously uh, that's that's kind of where everyone starts off you know you gotta pay, oh, yeah. you gotta pay your dues uh, but yeah, it's a good it's a good starting point. And how have you found the transition to the like IBM is obviously an, an enormous corporation. The crowd that you're with, how many employees are in uh, it? Without giving away too much, thirty or forty, I think, stage, or thirty five, I think, probably at this stage. And I'd say that suits you, your personality better, does it? A kind of a, a close, yeah. a closer knit group of guys, like yeah, like it's just easier to get stuff done. But yeah, I guess it's funny because like in IBM, it's just massive bureaucracy. You know, it is a chain of of chains. You know, you never actually meet your boss, so you never know your boss. Like. Um, but like we were doing kind of the same thing but on the hardware side the physical side of it you know the same kind of services but um, physical rather than cloud so like if, so, if someone wants to get a new server you know you do capacity management and something like so you start, the business starts off to have 10 users so they have one server and it's perfect and then they start getting 30 years and 40 years and it's the same server trying to serve all these people and it's just grinding to a halt so at some point they go we need a new server you know and this is now physical so they go okay let's get a new server and everyone goes yeah let's get a new server and start looking at each other yeah let's have a meeting yeah we'll get a new server so they get a new server so the, the cost of that is, is big like that's why the you know the, the client <laughs> the cost is big so the client that was the studio just rocking from side to side and get picked up uh, like you know, so anyway, so it's a big, it's a big capital expenditure. So it's a lot of on the client side, they're going, yeah, yeah, rubber stamp, bang, off you go. And then it comes to us, and we go, okay, yeah, we'll start processing it now. And you go through procurement, and you go through blah blah blah. And it takes fucking weeks to get someone to to order the hardware. Then it takes another couple of weeks for the order the hardware to come through. So you could be talking weeks, uh, yeah, at least two months probably say. To, to get the hardware in then someone has to go in and put it into the data centre cable it all up test it all the end user testing blah blah so that could go on for months now in uh, in in the cloud like you could do that in half a day you could build a data centre of servers in, in a week you know it's just a, a totally different totally different beast so from two different perspectives it, it, it's much easier to get stuff done from pushing aside the bureaucracy and being in a smaller company where it's easy you just go will we do this yeah let's do this and you're, you're doing it then uh, as opposed to the bureaucracy and then at the same uh, other end of it it's like the physical versus the cloud like you know so it's a double whammy of stuff happening much quicker oh yeah no just without a doubt absolutely. but it's funny like because the expectation ha- changes overnight you know the client who who goes from physical to, to the cloud computer this week is amazed how quick it is amazed how fast it is 
well, you built that and you built that in two days. But you know, we had this other thing to took us fucking months. Yeah, yeah, two days. Oh, it's oh, it fucking brilliant. He'll come back to next week and tell you he wants a server in one day. You know, <laughs> it doesn't take him long to get used to it. And it's always, it's always want they always want it quicker. So like, no matter how much you give, it's always they're always want more. So. Yeah, what did they say? It's never uh, going to end. Eating bread is soon forgotten. What is it? Eating bread is soon oh, yeah, forgotten. Exactly, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's funny because, like, even though you have, it's much faster and you can get stuff done much quicker, you're still dealing with the same, same gripes from, from customers on the same thing, you know. It's always the same. Never happy, so. Well, that's not true. We do have happy customers, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, you're dealing, dealing with people who, the expectations move just as fast as, as the progress and the, and the technology. So, you're never really ahead of the, ahead of the game, you know. Oh no! Speaking about being ahead of the game, I remember talking to you about cloud computing fucking ten plus years ago because I had to do it as part of my job. You were obviously into it and all the rest of it. Um, and we both knew ten years ago that you know cloud computing. Everyone ten years ago was saying cloud computing was the future, but me and you knew that it was the fucking present. Exactly, do you know, kind yeah. of way. What do you see? Do you see what do you see coming basically? Or do you see anything in particular or will it be just more of the same for the meantime? More of the same for the meantime. I think like that's the way it's going. But like if you look at like talk about Amazon, really um they're developing products all the time. So that's what they they have a massive amount of products and that's what they offer. And all these products can do things much quicker. Like, you know, um one of the big things is is data. Like company organizations and companies have massive amount of data and one one issue with that is storage. But the other issue with that is fucking finding a needle in a haystack, you know. So you need an analytical tools that can crunch data, and we're talking massive data. So like that's what they're one of their key key things now is 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 and a product and something that customers are looking for and Amazon is providing in their services is how to how to manage the data and how to how to read the data and how to produce so, something out of the data. Type Inform- thing, you know? How to get information basically out exactly, of data. Yeah. So you see it everywhere. Like this is the whole thing of uh, of Facebook and uh, Instagram and all these the online presence that you have now. All that data mining stuff uh, is is being used, um, you know, it's being used by companies, whatever. But they need to be able to analyze that data and uh, and they use that data and analyze. And then, well, if you're talking about in the commercial field, in the market field, they, they use that data to market to people, you know. Did you ever, um, have you ever had the experience of, of talking about something and then it's showing up on your Facebook feed or showing up on your, uh, as a marketing advertisement in yes. Facebook? Straight, instantly, like. Yeah, no, uh, like, I have done, yeah. And yeah. I've heard people say something similar. They'll be talking about holidays or whatever mm. at fucking lunch mm. and they go back up to their fucking PC and all of a sudden it's budget holidays yeah, yeah. com that they've never seen And before. that's how quick data mining and analytics is happening there. Like, so it's basically an in, instant turnaround. So they, it's taking that information, uh, analysing it, then giving it to an appropriate person and then information coming back to you and saying oh this is and target in a, in a targeted way saying oh this person will be interested in this and like that's massive and it's massive for business as well so they can they know what you want and it's going to be put in front of you you know it's crazy you see there's, there's a weird juxtaposition there because on one side I think that's fucking class mm. I think it's absolutely deadly if I need you know new shoes I want to fucking see ads for new shoes or whatever it is but I'm uh free-thinking, autonomous, intelligent human being. Not everybody is. Mm, Do you know exactly. what I mean? So, like, people can really get fucking sucked into this. Like, and, you know, you, the the tail starts wagging the dog. Mm. Do, do you know yeah, what I mean? That's, that's what the issue is. Like, some people, you go, I keep seeing these fucking ads and I keep buying this shit and they go, just don't buy them. Like, you know, you can see the ad. You go, that's fine. 
I was looking at that, but I decided I didn't want it. Just because it's put in front of you again doesn't mean you fucking want need it now. You know, it doesn't mean you want it now. It's just about being smart to it, and I think it's just about understanding it as well. You know, like it's it's always been there. You know, you always drove around seeing billboards. Now it's just in your in your in the palm of your hand. You know, when you're having a shit on the jacks, you know, that's what it, like that's how close it is now, and it's every year go. But it's the same thing, and it's always been. It's just marking. So you just have to see through it. You know. Yeah, but you see, it's it's obviously as you said yourself. There, you're going, you're on the jacks. Like it's it's a lot more invasive. It is, yeah. Plus, but it's not really invasive though, because you can just log off Facebook or turn off your phone. You know, you're giving you're you're bringing that kind of into you're 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 the one holding that phone in front of your face. You know what I mean? It's not coming into your letterbox. You're bringing it in. True, but we've gotten to a stage now whereby these things and these platforms and these sites and the way the targeting advertisement is kind of pushed you all of that is so ubiquitous now like back in the day as long as you weren't in a town you didn't see ads yeah but now as you say you can't not you can't but see them when you go to the fucking toilet like now granted you're in control now I don't see all these ads because I have ad blockers and when the odd one does uh, seep through you buy it sorry (laughs) you buy it I buy it instantly but you know like I'm not in I'm not a I'm not not a, a commercial person. What's the word? I'm not. Um, I'm not into. I'm not materialist. Yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. not into having stuff and, and buying stuff all the time. Like, so I'm kind of not I'm not above the fray. But I'm just. I'm, I'm out of that little loop. Like marketing people, they're not targeting. Yeah, people exactly. Like me. They're targeting other people. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're shopaholics and other people. Like. Well, yeah, sh- shopaholics and you know, without a like, broad sweeping generalization alert, people that aren't clued into these things people aren't maybe that smart mm. do you know that kind of mm. way yeah um, that, but I think it's not, that's. I think it's about awareness like you know as you said you can ignore it and if, if it's there handy it's great it's there when I need it but it's, there, it's not you know it's still there but I don't need it I don't I don't you know I don't even engage with it you know but, but you see you, you've only a certain amount of willpower say to yeah. not buy it yeah. and they know that yeah, yeah. so they know that if you ignore the first two they'll give it a, a 45 minute break then they'll show you one for a second and then they'll pull it yeah. and it's all but there's another one geared. there's another really smart one I've seen recently that um, I've heard and it's a good trick as well if you're looking to buy something uh, a lot of these websites are doing this now. Like you know, if you go online and you're you're browsing online shopping and you put something in your cart, uh, and you go, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not going to buy it, and you you log off, you go back with it. They will then they can then send you, oh, go, you, you you've left this in your cart. Here's ten percent off, and you go, oh, fuck, take ten percent, and you go back and buy it. Motherfuckers. It, that's the new thing they're doing now. It's fucking brilliant. So if you want to buy something, just put a load of shit in your shopping cart, leave it. Let them come back and go, oh, here's 10% off the stuff you're going to buy you didn't. Because they know that you were looking at it. They know you were interested and they know you didn't buy it. So maybe you were looking at the price was too heavy. Maybe the, you know, delivery cost was too much. So they'll entice you to buy it by giving you some kind of incentive, you know? Well, you see, I lo- what I, lo- I love, love, love about that, and it's something that I've been speaking about in the solos more recently, is this idea of, of what I call hijacking the machinery. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of it. So you've got all these tech companies and they're mining your data and they're putting all this shit in front of you and they've all these systems in place and you can't really avoid them even if you are clued in they've psychologists working on how to fucking fuck you but what you've done there is you've essentially used their own infrastructure against them you have a list of 10 things that you need to buy you have to have these things or you you can't do your job or you can't do whatever it is that you need these things to do they're not just you know it's just not more shite to throw in a spare room you want these and you're going to go buy them log on to fucking 20 different websites, mm. put them all in your shopping basket, log out of them all and see which one kind of tries to hook you the yeah, most. Exactly. But I always do that anyway. If I'm like um, looking for something online, as you said, you know, something that you're actually interested in buying, you, you, you know, not something that's just come up. 
uh, you can Google discount code for whatever. Say it's Halfords. Just go discount code for Halfords. And like maybe four or ten times you'll find a discount code that you can just use on the site that's available, you know? Top tech tips Top tech tips. Dave McLean. If you're a that's shopper, brilliant though, man. It's fucking savage. Like that's, it's just about understanding. It's about awareness of that stuff as well. It's about, it's, it's about you, as you said, using it against it, whatever. But it, like, you're not really using it against them. They're aware of all this stuff. Like the, the market, the margins are so high, they're just not losing any money. So, no, happy days. It's a win-win. Yeah, win. Well, you mightn't be getting one up on them, but I mean, at least you're not getting shafted. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Given the choice of being shafted and getting maybe kind of sort of getting one up on someone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just being fucking aware of what you're doing, I guess. And like, it's not just that. Like, shopping is, is one thing, whatever, but being aware of what you're doing online is a, is a massive thing. And I think, it's funny because I think younger kids now are, are so aware of it that they're not going to fall into the traps that we thought maybe were there for the kids coming up, you know? Like what now? Like, example is the fucking, well, people who are around, you know, probably coming into the, Mid two thousands, who were going out looking for work, after coming out out of college, going out looking for work, and uh, okay, maybe maybe five years later, maybe the two thousand tens, whatever. Uh, you know, employers were there, and HR companies were there, looking at their Bebo pages, looking at their Facebook pages, looking at all this sort of stuff, and seeing these pictures of them in fucking in compromising Coppers positions, or whatever. Yeah, 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 like, and they were putting all that stuff out there, and it's always, it's there for everyone to see, and it's it's in the public domain, so that can be brought up against you, and you see the same thing with. Um, uh, what's your man's name? That uh, American comedian, that black comedian, Kevin uh, you know, Hart. Kevin Hart. It happened to him when he was he's a couple of years back. I remember when he was going to do the Oscars, oh, and then they brought up a tweet, tweet that he'd done ten years ago, 10 years ago about something about homophobic. It, it wasn't really that homophobic, to be honest. But anyway, he made some comment about his his son playing with a doll or something like that, and he was going to whatever. But uh, they brought it up then, and that ten years later, that's got coming up against you. Know, you can't have him host the Oscars. He's homophobic, blah blah blah, and it all blew up like because people just grab onto it and go, "Oh, look at this." But like that's something he put out there ten years ago, when maybe it was a bit more acceptable, or maybe it was fine ten years ago. But it's always there, like it's out in the ether, like you can't get it back. It's and it's, you, but you think the people these days are a little bit more savvy. I think the kids. I think it's more savvy to that. Yeah. I think when you say kids now, well, teenagers probably at this stage. Okay. And then you know people who are in in that in the world, are I think they're a little bit more aware of it. You know. So I think people cop on stuff fairly quickly. Now I don't think we're going to be overrun by technology. I think. You know, I think we'll grow with it and just become aware, be more aware of it. I think that, that, that when people are putting shit out there, I'm going on holidays now. See you guys in two weeks and come back to my house has <laughs> been burgled. I don't think people are doing that anymore. You know, shocker. But yeah, exactly. But you know, that was happening for a time. But I don't think that sort of stuff is happening anymore. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to agree with you, but I, like, well, I, maybe we'll, it is. One. We'll put it this way: there's plenty of people out there still doing, you know, still leaving windows open and still yeah. leaving candles lit and unguarded fires and like. You know, there's a, a certain percentage of the population, no matter how far we move on as a society, that just aren't, you know, they don't have the cognitive ability to cope in the modern yeah. world. For, but for like the, the other part. one, the key one now is, and it, it's getting a lot more um, prevalent and a lot more in, uh, sophisticated is the phishing, you know, the online phishing, where your banks the, and the scams like. log, yeah, log in here and log in there. Like, one of the ones I heard recently is, you know, because of Brexit um, in the start of January, um, the courier companies, you know, they were saying there was 50,000 packages in, in Dublin Port for DPD, whatever. People were getting these messages and, and because you knew you were going to get um, export, import taxes. So people were getting these emails from DPD or, or UPS going, you have a package due, you you owe 30, 30 euros for VAT, pay, pay via this link, 
buy no, a credit card within five before, minutes or before whatever. we send it. Yeah, and they were all getting scammed. It's just so they're acting on so quick, like the scammers, and it's so sophisticated. Like it looks like a DHL formal email, and uh, people just getting scammed by it all left, right, and centre. So I guess that is still happening, but I think because it's happening so much, and I think once you get stung by it once, you're not going to get stung by it again. So people will just become more aware of it by people talking about it and and showing real examples of it. I think. Oh no, I'd be inclined to agree with you absolutely. Yeah. And the beauty of what I, I do here, or one of the beauties of it, I suppose, is like I've often said before, I like to get different people on from what I call different loops. So you're obviously in the tech loop, mm. okay, and you know about all the things that you've mentioned, and obviously a, a whole ton more. But little tips like googling the discount code for the thing that you're going to buy, or pulling it from your shopping cart, like that stuff. You know all about it in a way that somebody who works with horses knows all about yeah. you know not Seeming. slapping a horse from behind because you're going to get kicked. Like yeah. he knows that, but you don't. And the idea of getting different people on from different loops is you just you kind of democratize that. Yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's communism of of of, of information. <laughs> <laughs> We're all becoming little communes. Yeah, but it is like yeah, share me. Like well, I guess that's a thing though for people. Like if like you and me go out in the world, we we listen to other people's experience and then learn from that but there's people who are just who don't do that so maybe they're the people who who are not aware of other stuff that's going on around them like I, I think there, the people can be just too involved in their own self to to to, to, to be aware of stuff going around, around them and the smart people will always be the people who are as you said listen to what other people are saying about uh, what they know more about you know yeah but it, you've reminded me of another thing that I harp on about a good bit and um, it's the the poverty trap and for poor people in general they're time poor as much as financially poor. Mm. So myself and yourself, you know, have relatively good jobs. We're, you know, married with kids and everything's kind of stable. And we have the luxury to kind of listen to different people. Shy talk about God knows what, like, mm. in a kind of way. But, you know, when you've got fucking three kids and, you know, one parent situation and a two bed flat and you're working two jobs and all the rest of it, you just, you don't have that kind of space. Yeah. Like, like any energy you know, for such life. is life. Uh, like, there's, yeah, there's always that, like, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's always circumstances, and again, those circumstances can happen to anyone anytime. I guess in, in some cases, like you know, a lot of homeless people didn't start. Obviously, pretty okay. Let's just say no homeless people were, were were born homeless. Maybe they were born homeless, but they didn't start out homeless. Mean, yeah. You know, they, they it happened through circumstances or or chain of circumstances that, that got to, to that position. You don't just wake up one day and you're homeless. So like, all those people have stories, and I guess it's yeah, it can happen to anyone. So. Yeah, no, no look, look no absolutely, without a doubt. Before I forget, you mentioned earlier about companies mining your data. And a, another guest, um, Pork Riley, actually put it well. What did he say about data? He was saying that having a load of data is no use. You have to, I'm paraphrasing this massively now, but you get the, the sentiment of the gist. Having a load of data is one thing, but it's no good unless it's in formation. In context. Yeah, but he just he, we were talking about language, I think, at the time, and he was just using that like you have to have the data in order, yeah, or in in, in another word, information, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. which makes it kind of information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you were saying that companies have, have fucking mountains of this stuff, and they're struggling to know what to do with a lot of it. Um, I'd be interested to hear your take on AI because I presume it's AI that processes a lot of that and at least tries to put us mm. information. So you said there earlier as well that. You know, you think we're going to just keep growing with um, all these kind of digital advances and it'll grow and then we'll get used to it and it'll have to get better and faster and we'll just kind of co-evolve. Are you afraid at all that, you know, AI is going to 
kill us. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> but, know. But you know, it, yeah. the, the whole Skynet thing that it's, you yeah. know, we're, what did Elon Musk say about it? We're awakening the demon or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who knows? Like, it, it depends what, like, it, it's, it's shit in shit out, isn't it? That's the old thing, the old saying. So, like, it's all controlled by what information goes in. And, but I guess, if, so, like, it's, like, at, at the base of it, a computer is, is can only do, add and multiply and divide or something like that like that's all it does like the manipulation of that process and power is all done by humans like that intelligence comes from humans but are, is there not self-learning software yeah but that's all developed by humans as well so like you know yeah but the, the idea is that there's there's a runaway effect I mean yeah, you, you get to know. a point now again you're in this industry I'm not, I don't like, that, that, w- that wouldn't even, that wouldn't be my field to be honest large data lakes or like that or artificial intelligence I haven't been that close to that sort of stuff that's happening but I don't know like maybe maybe it's possible I guess but uh I don't know if it's going to use information against us, like you know, like there's other there's other elements that you, that that humans have that is more than just information. You know, there's emotion, there's there's greed, there's all this sort of stuff. So really, what's it going to do with with data or information? It's never going to have emotions. It's AI. it's it's not, but I mean, it's it's already I think clever enough. Like the, the software, say, like whatever. I, I'm not talking about kind of animatronics or, yeah. uh, or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, but it's already preying on our emotions. Yeah, Do you know, kind of way, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A, like you're, you're now again. I'm just talking shite here, but you're x amount more susceptible to buy something if you're lonely. Therefore, before you get that ad for the thing they want to sell you, they show you something that makes you lonely. Yeah, so they're yeah, all, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. already manipulating your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your, your emotions. Mm, true, like a box of chocolates after watching a sad movie. <laughs> yeah, like it probably, it probably is happening. Like I don't know, but again, like that's all just being aware of what you're seeing and what's going on. Like I think as people, as people go through it. They, they will start to be aware of what's happening with that stuff. I don't think it's ever going to overtake the human human intelligence, really. Oh, look, I, I don't know enough about it either way. I don't, I don't know when about it, to be honest. Um, um, other than what you... Like, I know, like, I, the example I gave was, was marketing companies data mining and using it for using it for badness. <laughs> but, like, the companies that we do are actually using it for um, for just normal analytics of, of, of product... Um, product availability where they need to increase products and all across the world all that sort of stuff so it's not just bad use of that stuff like th- there's companies that are using are, are mining their own data from their own information they're not getting it externally from from whatever third parties are sending this information on to, to marketers whether it's Apple or Samsung or you hear all these stories whatever it is but you know they're, they're mining their own data and using their own a- analytical tools to create their own business you know uh, plans you know no, no, without It's got good uses and bad uses, I suppose. But it's it's funny because like it's the same thing as, isn't it similar? The marketing thing is similar to the, the same stuff you see on probably twi- Twitter and all that sort of stuff, where people are getting offended by tweets and people reading stuff that they want to read, but they're reading it for some reason. Nobody knows <laughs> anyone else. I can't help but get enraged by all these things. I'm so I'm mad reading at this stuff. That I don't even like it. Like Ricky Gervais does it best. Like he, he, he did you ever watch his stand up? <clears throat> I've I've seen bits of it over the years. He's yeah. got a couple of ones on stand up, but he 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 talks about things like because a lot of people give him shit about the stuff he he says because it it can be you know uh, pushing the boundaries if you like. But he says it's it's comedy, it's a joke. Like you know if, yeah, it's if he, what he if does, he, huh? It's what he does. Yeah, but like if he's if he makes a joke about uh, a person, a man with one leg, it's generally not the man with one leg that's the butt of the joke. You know, it's 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 the other person or it's the situation. The joke is not. Uh, the thing that he's, he's preying on, you know, it's a joke is something else. It's a joke is somewhere else, and he was like saying, um, he he puts a lot of stuff on Twitter, and people are going getting outraged by what he says on Twitter. Now these people are following him, you know, yeah. So like they're following him on Twitter, seeing the shit, and then getting outraged by it, and send us loads of things 
back to him saying, how dare you this, blah, 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 blah. And he, he would usually have a, a, a response back to them and say, well, you know, and it's usually about religion, actually. Right? So he goes, and his stand-up, he goes, well, it's the equivalent of you following me and, and getting annoyed by my tweets. It's the equivalent of driving into a town, seeing an ad for guitar lessons and going, I don't want fucking guitar lessons. <laughs> you know, it's not for you. So you stop following it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't it's know like, what it is. It's like just cop on, but it, it's just it's just people who just want to be angry or want a reason to get angry. You know what I mean? Oh, they're looking for it. That's yeah, exactly. that's why they're just, on Twitter. Yeah. So, but the whole society now is getting is 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 kind of aligning to that. Now, going, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't be saying that stuff. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. And I think it's gone. It's gone too far now with all the political correctness stuff. You know what I mean? I couldn't like, agree more. Freedom of speech or whatever. It's just like fucking madness. Like you getting offended on someone else's behalf or getting offended for something that's not even you know. It's just madness. No, absolutely. When you gave the analogy of, or the example of, you know, complaining about this sign that's going, uh, that's trying to sell you guitars, uh, I actually thought you were going to say that you'd just drive into a random town, drive into a random estate, pick a random house, look in the window, and start roaring like fucking, I don't like that TV program you're yeah, watching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what them fucking shoes you're wearing. You know, something like that. But it's the same thing, like, you know, it's a fucking, it's the equivalent of it. It's fucking craziness. But you see, I think the, 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 the contrary belief is you've got a platform. Mm. So I'm going to give out about you saying these things because I know you're influencing millions of people or whoever amount of followers they have. Like Because I'm not on Twitter, but if I was, I wouldn't have that many followers and I don't think anybody would care. Like I could I could put up something fucking apparent, like all black people should be, you know, sent to a country to or white. something, something, whatever. Like no one's going to send me a load of hate mail yeah. because... I'm not deemed to be a public figure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, know but it, they're up their own arse anyway. If they think that R- Ricky Gervais posts something up and loads of people read it, millions of people read it, and then they respond and expect those millions of people to, to read their fucking tweet. Like, you know, you're right, I'm, you're your main, you're, your brain. Like, you know what I mean? They're not, you, you're, you're trying to leverage his platform, but you're not really, because like, they're not going to respond to you or they're not going to read your fucking tweet. You're not going to influence anyone about it, you know? And obviously... Also, if you're reading his tweet, then you're a fan of his, so you're probably going to like what he's saying. So you're just some random or shouting down a fucking shouting into a hole that no one's listening to. Well, it's, it's a lot of virtue signaling as well, isn't it? It's yeah, like you know, time, I'm, yeah. that's all like, it is. Like when you were saying that Ricky Gervais does a joke about a, a one-legged man, and that the punchline mightn't necessarily be aimed at him. It's not droves of one-legged men that exactly. come on it's and give out about offended on their behalves. Yes, and it is virtuous signaling because they're just saying, "Oh, Mary, I better say this because Mary will know I'm a nice person." Then. And Mary's husband only is one leg. No, way. yeah, no, Mary, you can't do that to Mary. You know this kind of shit. Like it's it's bullshit. Just fucking get on with your own life, like. But yeah, it's it's like it's just it is. It's just you're putting yourself across in a better light by defending people that you don't even know, you know, or who, who may not even be offended by the fucking thing, you know. Oh yeah, they're just, just getting outraged. It's a, it's a, a hobby for some people. Exactly. Yeah, just that, that's all it is. Yeah. Keyboard it's, warriors. What we're talking about falls under the broader banner, I suppose, of free speech. Yeah. Do you, do you follow that at all, or do you follow politics, or that kind of? Really. Would you have any uh, opinion one way or the other in relation to free speech, or have you followed that at all? Specifically? Oh, like I do. Like I do. I, you're, you're talking about poli- free speech with, with politicians, or just in general, just in, in discourse. Like we actually touched on a kind of earlier in relation to. Uh, office kind of diplomacy mm. and you know what's said and like I'm out of the being employed loop for a while oh, yeah. but it's still fresh enough in my head that you know I'd have to be careful about what I not, not, no I, I, I never had to be careful about what I said people would often fucking complain about what I have to say and it would often have been said to the manager and there would have often have yeah, been yeah, this yeah. thing about it and when it comes to the crunch I usually ended up standing there going that's what I said I meant every fucking word of it 
you know, sack me into you for unfair dismissal. That was essentially what yeah. was, you know, like, might I have been said explicitly. Free speech. I definitely believe in free speech. But I also think, um, like, the stuff that I, goes through my head, I wouldn't dream of saying in certain scenarios, <laughs> situations, you know. Cause I, but that's not feeling like I can't say it. I know I can say it, but I know there's going to be consequences by saying it. So it's about being, like, if I'm in a professional environment, I try to be professional. And it, one, because I, I, I want to keep my job. But also, too, like, I, there's people I wouldn't want to offend. You know what I mean? If I said something, if I thought something, that, even as a joke, you know, I'd say something as a joke. Would I don't have any, you know, there might be a punchline or whatever, but... I wouldn't have any, uh, there'd be no uh, kind of agenda there or there'd be no, it wouldn't come from any place of hatred, you know, or anything yeah, like that. It'd, it'd be a joke and the punchline is the punchline. But I know if you, by some jokes, there might be people who might who may be offended by that. So in that situation, I'd choose not to say it because I wouldn't want to offend that person. But I wouldn't feel like I'd, I'd, I'd do it because it, I suppose it is, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel it's in breach of my, my, uh, my right to, to say whatever I want. Yes. It's, it's me thinking about it and making a decision and then, Maybe adjusting what I was going to say for the for the situation. You you're, know what just, I mean? you're just being appropriate. Yeah, exactly. You're being appropriate uh, for the situation, but also for free free speech. Like for p- politicians or, or celebrities or whoever has a platform, there is a responsibility. Like there, there is a responsibility for for the dumb people that are following him and the dumb people are going to do what they say. Like Donald Trump inciting violence to those people who he fucking knew right well what they, what was going to happen. You know what I mean? That's fucking wrong. Obviously, he's free to say what he wants to say, but he is the president, or at the time was the president of the United States. And he knows he has hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of followers who are hanging on his every word. And by inciting violence to those people, he knows that that's going to, you know, that's going to involve violence. So that's not a very smart thing to do. Like, I don't agree with that sort of stuff. Oh, no. In, I, I, just saying, it's, it's, you're free to say what you want, but, you know, you have to be smart about it. Or, or the intent of him was not just to, to say something. His intent was for those people to do what they did. You know what I mean? So he was inciting violence, really, essentially. So it's not free speech if he's if he's if he's if he's triggering these people and not in, in knowingly triggering people to do to do bad things. You know? Yeah, I oh, know without a doubt, and especially when you're the fucking president of the United States of America, you're not held to the same standard as you know yeah. at Frano on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, come on, lads, we're going. We're going to smash up a Tesco's. Yeah, right. See you, see you on the inside. Yeah, right. We're, we're here by the trolleys. You know, it's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The world's going to fucking mad anyway, I know that. Do you think? Yeah, it's fucked up. How so? Just in every every way possible, I think. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I think uh, this uh, pandemic lockdowns, etc., this might be a little bit of a, a clean-up for, for, for civilization. I've been saying for a long time, you know the way, um, it's gone a bit mad, you know? Like people have got nothing to worry about, or they have had nothing to worry about in for for generations, and that was never the case in the in the sixties, the seventies, when we were having World War One, World War Two, fucking all these wars going on. It it knocks people out, you know. It, it gives people something to be concerned about. It gives some people uh, uh, ho- hope for the future, and it gives them something to be. It it brings stuff into to context, you know. We haven't been war free though over no, the last decade. Really. Like there's nothing really involved like that have affected the, the globe at the same time. Like this pandemic affected everyone at the same time, in the same way, kind of World War Two did, you know. So it might be a little bit of a, a flip of a switch for a lot of people to change the way the, the stuff is going on. Do you think no? Oh no, I do. Well, I rethink. Well, the, well, the way the way I view um, the way I view COVID is as an accelerant. That's that's mm. how I view it more so than anything. Yeah. I think that 
you know, this idea of working from home, like that's that's been coming. And with this, you know, the end of this idea of commuting, um, traffic congestion in cities across the world at some point surely was going to come have to come to a bit of a head. Um, and again, it's it's kind of the two sides of the same kind there in relation to working from home. Um, I'm trying to think of other things just off the well, top of my head. Well, family values is one thing that comes to my mind for that stuff. Sorry, you know? family values. Family values, like, you know, because uh, the work-life balance. You know, typically someone working, say someone living in Navin with two kids, someone in my situation previously who would have been getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning, travelling to Dublin, working a full day, leaving the office maybe 5 or 6, coming back. You know, at the age of my kids now, by the time I come leave in the morning and come back in the evening, they'd be in bed. I wouldn't see them all day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, that could go on five days a week, and at the weekend you see them. You don't really have a relationship with your kids at that stage. When they're in their, in their young developmental years, you know? Yeah, arguably so, the most important. Exactly. So, like, and, they, and then if, if Hazel was working as well, or when she went back to work, they'd spend most of their, of their day with uh, child minors or creche, you know? So, like, it start. We've yet to see what the impact of some of that stuff will be, but I think there's definitely positive impacts of some of that stuff. Your relationship with, with your kids or my relationship with my kids would definitely be, it's definitely better than it would have been uh, had I not been there five days a week, you know? Oh, no, look, you, you and me both, and I think for every for everything that we'll name that's good, there's obviously going to be a kind of a dark side of it. So the kids that were quite happy in their fucking crash, like, mm. there's pl- I'm sure there's plenty of kids who go to crash or school or boat or whatever it is and like that's the highlight of their day yeah. do you know the kind of way exactly. and now they're fucking stuck at home with their crazy yeah. mother or father or whatever the fuck it is like yeah no social interaction like it, like that's the thing like Jared was one uh, in February last year and uh, he was just about starting crash he started crash for the first two weeks where they do they, they bring you in for a half day and then you go home whatever to, to introduce them you know yeah, yeah and then just as you got in for the first full week the whole place went lockdown, so he lost any kind of all that interaction that he would have had, you know, with those with those people his same age. So there might have been impact for that. There might like his speech maybe not has come on, or maybe would have come on a lot quicker than it has done. Maybe he would have developed here more, or whatever, or had friends and developed a bit more, you know, whatever, whatever. They, we don't know the impacts, what that impact is going to be, and we will never know because you can't. It does not. There's never going to be. It'll be like apples and oranges, you know. You can't compare the same kid to a different kid. Uh, yeah, of course. Like you, you can't say somebody who grew who was born in twenty twenty one had a different life because of COVID than yeah. somebody that was born in nineteen eighty one because yeah. two different planets. Exactly. Like. So you can't do that. Like, so you'd never know. But you, I, I just think there definitely there definitely will be some impacts. Like sometimes I just come around, come down in the morning. He's in the kitchen, walk around in circles. You know what I mean? Banging off walls, not really. But you know what I mean? Like he could be. <laughs> he could, <laughs> he, like, but he definitely um, could have done with like that kind of uh, engagement with people his own age figuring stuff out playing with blocks with other people and learning stuff with a, with a kids his own age you know what I mean like that sort of stuff that he, he would have had he's missing out on now or, and has done for, for, for probably two years or a year and a half anyway like that's a development that's at, at, at the developmental stage he is and then younger kids in school obviously as well and then obviously the junior or senior, junior cert and leaving cert kids you know what I mean and then obviously as well kids who are in their early 20s who should be out meeting people and they're not like all that sort of stuff. Like essentially, those people have lost a year, a year and a half of, the, of their lives at a really crucial time in their lives. You know. Oh, without a doubt. And again, it's always going to be good and bad because for the extroverted kid, it's a fucking disaster, and for mm. the introverted kids, the fucking best thing ever. Like you know. Yeah. 
but it's probably not good for the intervertical kids. Either, oh no, I say that with a touch of jest. Yeah, but I know what you mean. But like that, that, like yeah, they're probably they're, there's some kids who were bullied at school and they're, they're going fucking happy days. But there's, if, for intervertical kids, or whatever, it's probably the worst for the, for for those type of kids, you know. Because uh, really, you just have to get out there because you're never going to be able to stay in your own bubble throughout your whole life. You're going to have to integrate yeah. to society at some point. So the school is really where you pick up those skills, really. Or most of them, you know? No, true, true. And you actually made me think of another um, another thing that's been accelerated, say, because of COVID, and that's continued assessment, or mm. continuous assessment. Because surely that's been coming. Yeah. Like the idea that, you know, your your entire schooling up until you're 18 or 19 goes down to how well you perform on the 15th of July or yeah. whatever the fuck the exam that's is. That's an antiquated system as well, isn't it? Yeah. But it never really gave you fuck all, did it? Like, the only thing it did is give you a head start into college. You were going into college really with a blank slate anyway, you know? Oh, completely, yeah. So the numbers, like, your Leaving Cert score got you ahead of the head of the queue or it got you into your course, but you're taking it from there yourself, you know? Oh, yeah, well, look, I've spoken about the education system ad nauseum at this stage, but I would view it as dividing people into doers and sayers, mm. essentially, you know, management and workers. Yeah. So if you get above X amount of points, off the college and it's a management position for you and if you don't it's like well there's trades or you could just you know get a job somewhere mm. and like that's fucking that's just wrong or is it I don't know yeah it is like I don't know it's, it's this thing like I don't think you can you can't customise an education system for each child like it has to be general like, oh no true and it, it, there's always exceptions to those rules as well like, those people who left school early and, 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 and made, a, made a, a, a go of it themselves you know or people who didn't go to college and, and done great or whatever like it's it's never it's never black and white, I suppose. But I think it's very, very difficult to to kind of tailor tailor an education system to, to every kid. Like, I definitely think there needs to be more on the curriculum that's that's useful in the real world. Like, and applicable, is that? Yeah, like, the, 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 obviously the, the, um, the, uh, the courses or the... Uh, what are they called? The classes that are kind of the, the primary ones that you are your maths, English, Irish, science, whatever else, history, geography, that sort of stuff. They were always put up as, as that if you're going into a higher class, these are the these are subjects that are available to you. If you go into a lower class, a lower rated class at, you know, whatever age you do your entrance exam, what is it, 12, 13? Yeah. Then you're going into, these are the classes that are available for you. Construction studies. Woodworking, uh, metalwork, That whatever. sort of shit, you know. That needs to fucking go, like, you know. It should be what are you interested in. And like, there is a way to do that without actually tailoring the, the system for everyone, you know. Yeah, if kids within the system were just in a part of the system that was better suited to them. Exactly, yeah. Or something they're interested in. And I know it's difficult because even when you're leaving leaving school leaving secondary school at 18 17, 18, 19 it's very difficult for most kids to know what they want to do then anyway and they're under pressure to have CAO forms in and work towards whatever they want but who fucking knows when they're 18 what they want to do for the rest of their life who knows when they're in the mid 20s never exactly, mind they're yeah. 18 so yeah so it just, it's, 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 it's strange but it kind of it kind of works and it doesn't work you know Um, yeah I think there there is still a class thing in Ireland though, even though there never isn't isn't really a class thing in Ireland. There kind of is a class thing in Ireland. Like in oh, the UK, a class, a class, the class is the class you're born in, whatever, and the class you'll die, as the libertines will say. But uh, you know, if you get if you're in a, come from a good area, you go to a good school, and if you go to an interview with someone from a worse school, and you go you're from a better school, you'll get the job over that person, regardless of what of how you show up on the day, type of thing. You know, I think there's a little bit of that in Ireland as well, because there are. Uh, Obviously, colleges and and uh, 
secondary schools, you know, private schools, that sort of stuff, that will give you a leg up in the world as when you leave them just purely because you went there, you know, or because your parents paid for you to go there. No, absolutely. Like, you see it here even in Navin. Like, there's, there's the Pats, which will be the... I know that higher class school for want of a fucking better mm. term and then there's the tech which is not as prestigious say mm. and I know a few people that went to the tech I know obviously way more that went to Pats because that's where I went to. Mm. and what I've noticed about how we recollect our time in school is me that went to Pats and this isn't the same as everyone this is only my example but I think there's something to it I know a load of people from Pats and they have one lad has a business there, one lad has a business there, one lad is running this fucking corporation, one lad is doing this. And I could, off the top of my head, I could name you 10 people out in my fucking class nearly that's doing well and is a great contact. But my mates from the tech, they don't have that. Mm. Do you know what kind of way? They don't know anyone out of their year that's doing well. Not that there isn't anyone out of the year, yeah. but it, it's the who you know as well. Like, you know that, yeah, that yeah, old yeah. adage was, it's not what you know, it's who yeah, you know. Yeah, course, and yeah. your connectedness is key to getting ahead no matter what industry that you're in. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's always going to be the way. But again, a lot of that stuff you can do yourself anyway, you know. But I think the head start thing is, is, is what you get from if you went to a certain school. For two people being unknown and, you know, everything else being alike, you'll definitely get head up if you went to a better school or if it, the perception is the school is better, you know. Oh, you the more understand? exclusive the school is. I mean, that's what the Ivy Leagues are over in the States. Yeah. They don't only take the people with the highest scores that's part of it take the money oh no without a doubt 100% that's that's the whole that's the whole thing like you went to Harvard oh happy days that means you're of a certain class because Mm. fuck all poor people in Harvard yeah exactly yeah yeah well you have none so unless you get a grant or what do you call it Uh, not a grant a fucking uh, whatever they call it but yeah like you have hear the anecdotal stuff in the US you know we only hire people from Harvard or you only hire people in those big uh, you know the, the, the main Whatever, whoever, law firms or whatever it is, yeah, law firm or wherever, or wherever the, the big boys are in, in the in the space, you know. But that's just straight up elitism, just yeah. classism, like yeah, it's the like, British classism. Like saying you saying you'll only hire from one place is we won't hire anybody from anywhere else. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Madness. But it's funny because that happens. But it tie, it ties back into what you were saying earlier on about um, marketing and kind of being clued into how it works so that you can kind of step over so many of the pitfalls. It's the same with education. As bad as it is, it is the way it is. Yeah. And unless you're going to homeschool your kids, which isn't really that feasible for most people. Not advisable either. Not advisable, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, look, I've no... Unless you're a professional teacher. You see, there I don't know. Because, like, I'm not a professional teacher, but I reckon if... I reckon I could do a better job of homeschooling my kids than the schools could. In secondary school, though, for secondary school kids... I think so, yeah, because my my take on education generally is that you instill a love of learning and the rest kind of, um, not not that it takes care of itself, but to a large degree it does. Yeah. Like, like, I, I guess teachers don't do a whole lot really, like, you know, they kind of bring up the textbooks. I'm just thinking back to, to Pats and we, what we did and like, we definitely had some good teachers in Pats. Oh, without a doubt, and, but uh, I mean, th- put it this way, th- if, you, if I was to ask you name the, the top, name your two favourite teachers, odds are they're going to be teachers didn't do what all the other teachers did. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's what makes them the best ones. Like, do you know what I mean? But that's true. But like, and those teachers, I do remember. 
I guess like yeah, those those teachers that were good teachers did have something that was specific to the the subject they were teaching. You know, they did actually have an interest in it and did have did actually engage with the students. But like, you could have another teacher who's teaching you fucking maths or Irish and just have no interest to be there and just read from the book and try and expect everyone to do what they do what they should do because you tell them type thing yeah clocking, I guess there's clocking. no there's zero purpose in that person being there that could be fucking anyone that could be a monkey up the top of the, up top of the room you know reading from the book if a monkey could read I'd say, <laughs> I'd say some can but you know what I mean like there's, there's zero pur- pur- purpose in that person being there but there definitely is uh, some good teachers and in those cases it, they're good people to have teaching your kids I think Oh god, yeah, without a doubt. No matter how good I might be or might think I would be homeschooling my kid, I'm always going to be my kid's dad. Yeah, and he's always going to kind of not listen to what I say to a degree because of that. It's like I've said it before. It's like getting driving lessons off your mum when you were younger. She's not saying or doing anything that your uncle down the road would say or do, but because it's your mother, you just say, fuck off. Yeah. Do you know, do you know like I know? Yeah. So there is that animosity, especially in, for fucking teenagers, like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Between yeah, I know. I definitely would, I, I, for me, myself, I definitely would not be up for homeschool, homeschool. I think the homeschooling for the COVID-19 thing and the pandemic is a, would be a fucking nightmare. Thankfully, I don't have kids at school age, but I don't, like, I think it'd be stressful. Like, I outsource it, is what I say. Like, I'm not going to do my kids teeth if they need, if they need an extraction either, you know what I mean? Send them to a professional. Yeah, but you don't have a, a love and an affinity for kids. dentistry <laughs> or kids, <laughs> your true. own or others. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do like dentistry. Now, I'm not a dentist. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't do it, but I love teeth. I especially like when I'm wearing my pillow or my pliers. <laughs> I love a tooth and the pliers. Yeah, but no, yeah, but yeah, no, I definitely bloody fucking outsource, outsource everything to a professional. Uh, no, I wouldn't. And uh, but I do think, uh, uh, yeah. But I, I guess, like, I suppose it depends on how many kids you have, and it depends on what, how you're set up. It might. Oh be, no, look, without a doubt, it depends on the, situation. You know, for the vast majority of people, homeschooling is just going to be an absolute no go, especially mm. after the fucking pandemic. And it's funny. Uh, what was the quote? A friend of mine said. Um, so a mate of mine was talking to me about a mate of his who was going on about homeschooling his kid, and he was going on and on and on about how he was going to do it, and. The lad who was saying it, said it back to me. He was like, I can't wait. What was it? What way did he phrase it? Tell me more about how you're going to... Tell me more about how you're going to raise your... Tell me more about how you're going to raise your unborn children, hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's there's me... And I'm, I'm, I'm the same here. I have notions of what it could be like or what yeah. it would be like and how great it would be. But, you know, six months into first year, it's like, Jesus. The reality's a little bit different, yeah. But I guess yeah, like what happens if you if you're if you're if you're teaching your if you're homeschooling your kids into in secondary school and they do the junior start, and they get fucking shit results, you can't give them shit because you taught them, you know. True. If they come home with bad results and they go to school, they go, "You didn't fucking study. You didn't put the work in." And if you if they come home now, after you use homeschooling, they go, "Now, Dad, you didn't put the work in. You know, you didn't fucking, <laughs> you know, you're in no position to fucking give them shit." Is it legal though? Is it possible to homeschool up until? Oh yeah, no, I think so. Yeah. yeah, 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 no, absolutely. And you yeah. don't need any qualification. There, there are um, as now again, I'm no fucking, I'm, I'm not well read in the area, but my understanding is that there are kind of homeschooling communities. Maybe they're online. The maybe they're in towns. Uh-huh. The communists again. <laughs> that's just a the fucking straight up socialist man. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> it'll work. It'll work. But it, it's like, is homeschooling communities not just a school? 
You know what I mean? It's it's a group of people who are educating the kids. I guess they're doing it from separate locations. But... Well, yeah, you see, this is the thing. It's it's basically, um, it's like working from home. It's like edu- yeah, it's only schools, it's, yeah. it's education And you'd have home. to adhere to the same curriculum, I'm assuming. Like well, you're going to have to be a, a certain standard. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to have to to, to pass the exams basically that are standardised, which mm. is kind of which is kind of fair enough. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just something. There's some. There's something to it. And again, it's usually like like with most things. If it's if you're trying to decide whether it should be this way or it should be that way, it's probably a little bit of both. Like, yeah. and it'd be interesting to see if any amount of homeschooling is kind of continued after the pandemic. Do you want to kind of wait mm. for with the view of it replacing homework, for example, oh, instead yeah. of you having to do a load of shit? But that's a joke, anyway. Homework, yeah, it's a bit much now, to be fair. But then again, is it? I mean, what's your like you? Well, you're the, the opposed are in, to it, are you? Or what's no, your thoughts? But, uh, against it, but like, like uh, kids are in school for fucking eight hours a day. Like you don't go to work and then what well, you do actually uh, <laughs> every fucking day. No, yeah, but you know they're what not mean? getting paid to go to school. Yeah, so. exactly. But like, I don't think it's going to give you any extra. Like. At the end of the day, you're worn out. You're not going to be at your your best, most capable, you know, and of absorbing information and taking it on board or whatever. Like it's not. I suppose you are exercising your brain slightly, but you're not exercising your body in any way. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not really an exercise thing. You know, it's not going to give you any more than any more uh, capacity to to learn more. True, and just thinking out loud. I guess the only thing, just thinking what I said there. I guess it gives it. It's, I guess it, it's supposed to give the teachers an, an indication of what you've learned, maybe for the day. But I don't ever remember getting fucking homework. When it, not that I did any homework, but you know what I mean. In paths or whatever, I don't remember ever getting any homework um, graded and handed back to you with with some very helpful tips on how to improve <laughs> for next time. You know what I mean? I don't think that happened at all. That's not how you just it, it, works, it did Dave. feel like it, when you were there. Like it did feel like a punishment. You know, it didn't feel like it was. It didn't feel like the teacher wanted you to do it. Or it didn't tell the teacher wanted to correct it and and use it as a tool to to improve your learning, and it didn't feel like anyone fucking wanted to do it or anyone even did do it. So I don't think it's any better. Like you know, in Pat's, like you walk in there in Pat's at half eight before school starts at nine o'clock, and you just see lads fucking copying from copy books. Oh fucking snap! You know, so that it, it it didn't do anything for anyone really. Like if you, if they could focus kids to uh, to learn and uh, apply themselves for the fucking eight hours a day or whatever it is you're going to get much more from them. And even the same thing is happening in the business world now where the people are saying four-day weeks, three-day weeks here and there. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. Like, if you're draining someone out and make, you, you work them to the, the fact that they just become complacent, then you're not going to get the best from anyone, you know? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a perfect analogy the way that people do that. I mean, if you, and we've all done it, anybody who's ever worked a 40-hour week knows well that they could have done that job in 30 hours exactly, yeah. easily. Yeah. It's funny, like I, for me, I I start work early, and even when I was in work, I'd be in a, kind of the first one in the office, because uh, I'm my most productive in the morning. I right. just can focus stuff and get it done in the morning. Well, I guess the way I work anyway is like people start coming at you then after that. So the first hour or so in the morning is when I get most stuff done, or when I'm when I'm able to focus more, because then people after that then people start coming at you with questions or meetings and all that kind of jazz so it kind of distracts you but then towards the end of the day you just get tired and you're just going oh fuck it you know you can't really focus your mind so always most productive the first thing in the morning but I guess there's probably some people who who are the opposite there's a yin for every yang isn't there yeah no so the saying me personally I would be more of a I, I wouldn't call myself a morning person but I certainly get more done the earlier that I used to go in and get work work done have you noticed your productivity go up 
being at home and yeah. not having that in that you know not having your man coming over to your desk or whatever the fuck yeah. it is like yeah big time and everyone's noticed it it's like it's something that we, we noticed really early on you know and like I guess there was a there's kind of trends at the start everyone's going work from home this is fucking great sitting in their pajamas not showering for fucking weeks <laughs> eating bowls of cereal you know what I mean that's sort of jazz watching fucking Netflix or watching daytime TV but um People start getting into into it then, you know, and then start getting into the into the the rhythm of it, and then the production productivity went up then, and uh, it was just much better. And you can see by people they're just much happier, you know. Oh, right, right, I believe get it. stuff done. Like people are still under pressure sometimes when it got work, a lot of work to do, but in general, uh, I think people are just much more productive and much more happy. And how regimented are you? I mean, so do you start at seven and have a, like a, a half nine coffee break? Me and myself. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I start at eight o'clock. I'm online by eight o'clock. And then, lunch, and so, sorry to cut across you, but is that dictated by your employer, or is that just no, no, the way you're rolling? Yeah, this is this way I do it. Like, um, so start at eight, and I have lunch usually around twelve. If I have lunch, if I'm working through it, I don't stop for a coffee. I have a coffee uh, during the day, but I probably just go in and make it or Hazel bring it up or whatever. But I don't actually have a break, then I just have a coffee, you know. Uh, and then it's finished about try to finish about four or sorry five in the evening, and that's it then. But like, just keep it like that because it's just like there be days there be days when I have to uh, get stuff done and I might be working a little bit later in the evening. But again, I would try and wake up early in the morning, get an, get an extra hour in, so start at seven if I have to get something done that I don't want to be distracted on, and then use that hour then and have it done. So then you have it done for the day instead of hanging over, you know, in the evening. Okay. But and your uh, work is it is it repetitive or is it different sometimes. every day or like there's, the, the, on a monthly basis? There's stuff that we have to be done. Um, has to be provided to a client. Has to be. Whatever you know, reports that sort of stuff, uh, output analysis that, that sort of jazz that has to be done every month, and it it's a little bit repetitive. It's obviously different data all the time, but it's it's uh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of the same process, um, but generally stuff is different all the time. Like we're working on different projects all the time, so it's different types of things. But at the end of the day, it's the same type of buzz. Like the process and how you approach everything would be the same. You have. A meeting with people, you understand what what needs to be done. You kind of outline that what needs to be done to whoever's going to do the work. Like I'm not a technical person, so I I wouldn't be doing the technical implementations, but I'd be involved in outlining what the different pieces are and assigning those different activities to people, and then engage with the client and keep them try to keep them up to date on what's going on, and then hand over to them and and you know that that type of stuff. So it's all that kind of stuff, but there's also yeah escalations and issues that happen that come in anytime and you you can't plan for those but they can just interrupt the day you know no no, no of course and I mean, we've spoken a lot about uh, working from home and everything being in the cloud and all the rest of it your company as I can gather is basically cloud based yourselves so are you in fear of the Indian company taking your job no it's an Irish company Irish owned company but I mean like presumably you're the running costs of doing that type of business in Ireland is a lot lower in other places, call them. Yeah, it is. Like, it would be. But, like, you're building up expertise, I guess. So, like, uh, um, like we really work consultancy firm. You know what I mean? So, people come, like, we 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 consult customers that are in Amazon Web Services. They have servers built in there. And, they, like, they own that environment like you can go onto Amazon Web Services AWS and sign up an account and you put in the credit card and basically you can you have an account that you can start building servers in there like you, essentially you pay for what you use in Amazon that's how it works like so you lease long, it do you or huh? 
Do you lease space in their hard drives? No, not like that. You only pay for what you use. So you you put it. You go in, sign up an account, add a credit card, then you're in. That's it. That's you done. So you could build a server. Just say you wanted to build a server to, to store all your your uh, your your podcasts. Okay. Uh, you want to store it in the cloud. You can build that server, and as you add, that server's running whatever time. So that server costs whatever amount it does to to run it like say 50 euros a month to run it that's running and as you add data then to it as you add more podcasts you build up your data footprint and as you pay for that data the more you use the more you pay for if you start deleting that data you'll start paying less and if you if you change the schedule on the server to only run Monday to Friday then you pay less for it you know what I mean so only paying for what you're using so like the customer owns all that all we do is we work consultancy so we help them build that stuff or we we get involved in the design and tell and tell them what is the best Amazon product to use to get to to get you what you need to get type of thing. And for the and we also one thing the other thing is the, the value thing that we do add is we say we're constantly looking at their environment. And say you can run this cheaper by doing this, so you can run it cheaper by doing this, and they'll they'll do that and they'll start reducing their costs. And it gets massive mind for some companies. And they're going to you because there's presumably a saving as opposed to going direct to Amazon, or does Amazon not do direct? You can go direct to Amazon, but. You need the expertise. You need to know what you're doing. So, like most companies, won't have um, AWS uh, uh, engineers on site because that's not what their business is. So they'll just outsource that to someone else. Same with every, the way everything goes. Like you know. But like, I would have thought that, like, let's say I have, a, let's say this podcast. Let's say I blow this podcast up. I've hundreds of thousands of downloads every episode. Millions of people listening, and I can't just do it on the fucking the laptop that's in front of me here. I would have thought, in my innocence, that I would have went on to Amazon's aws.com and I would have went to small and medium enterprises went to small or medium or whatever I, I would have basically I would have thought that I would have went through a checklist and it would have just pigeonholed me into the perfect aws slot for what it is that I do and then I give them a hundred quid a month or five grand a month or whatever it is and that would have been the end of it but what you're saying is I'd be better off going to a, a company like yours and dealing with you to set up what I need is yeah. that is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, essentially. But like, it's those people come to, in in those cases, it's a one-off fee. So you pay. You could have come to us and pay us to build you a server and say, "I want the server to do this." And we go, "Okay, there you go. That's there you go. There's your invoice." But once that's I'm sorry, done, then, sorry to cut across you, but your invoice is for the the construction the of a server in Amazon's yeah. infrastructure. Yeah, essentially, the time for us, our engineers, to build that design and build that and have it running there but once it's done then there's your invoice see you later you'll never see us again and then what's running in there now is yours and you get the bills and then it's, it's still running there but that's not really the way stuff works in in large organisations because there's an ongoing maintenance required for that yeah for that. you have a maintenance contract so basically. then you might have a maintenance contract for, with a customer because they want your expertise to make sure that that's running at the optimal optimal uh, it's, it's running all the time firstly and then it's running at the optimized, optimized cost all that sort of stuff etc so that's what they're paying for they're paying for that expertise so like that's something that our company has built up expertise is built up and you, you can actually do you do exams with Amazon certificates so you could go and say oh now I'm an expert in this and Amazon will give you a cert- certificate saying yes you are and you, you've passed our exam you're an expert in this then you bring that to, cl- to client to go we're experts in this 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 for Amazon and they go oh that's exactly what we need so they come to you and say and actually if a company was starting out if just say an enterprise or a small or medium enterprise is going we want to get into the cloud and we're going to go to Amazon we're going to approach them and see see what they say they would actually direct you to one of their um, partners 
Like we're an advanced advanced Amazon partner. So they would go, oh yeah, you need to do this. These guys over here do this and they do it really well. And like there might be other companies that do what we do and who might um, who might um, might have expertise in a different area of Amazon. So if they say, oh, we're looking to do this part and they go, oh yeah, well these guys will do that for you. They're really good at that and they're our partners. So when you approach Amazon, they feel they field those customers out to one of their partners. And that's and essentially what we are. My understanding of Amazon and your man Bezos in general mm. is that it's a one-stop shop. You come, like, they do everything. Like, if... I wouldn't be surprised if they had their own uh, bin lorries on the road going around their data centres yeah. and their own landfill. Do, do you know kind of way? Like, that's that seems well, the, to be what it is that they do. And what you're describing seems to be... Uh, opposing that or in opposition well, see, to that they, what they do so uh, the way Amazon Web Services work, started working is interesting because like Bezos as you know started Amazon in the 90s and he started off as a books an online bookstore yeah like that's what they did and they, they started branching into other stuff but then they said okay well we want to develop our um, our, our our users are coming from all over the world um, we've got so many users we have warehouse blah blah our infrastructure that we need to provide these ser- these technical services and their websites or whatever and their e-commerce websites to all these people. We want to put this onto a virtual cloud, virtual computer. We want, we want, to, be, want to be able to scale it and we want to be able to scale it at, at speed. So if we want to go, if we want to, if there's a new book release, for example, whatever coming out and it's going to be a massive uh, footfall of traffic and Netflix do the exact same thing. They use the cloud as well for the exact same thing. So they can say, okay, we want to spin up an extra 100 servers because we know there's going to be a big demand for this book. Uh, and they developed this for their own um, business model. Yes. And then when it started working really well and it started, this thing is brilliant, like, and they started building components onto it in different services, that's when they brought that then as a, as a, commercial, uh, as a commercial product to, to, to the rest of the world. So that's what Amazon Web Services is essentially. It's, it's the infrastructure that was built for the bookshop that just got so good, they said, well, we can offer this to other people and we'd start running it as a separate business. So Amazon Web Services now is run as a separate business to the Amazon commercial website. Okay, now just so I have that kind of clear in my head, and it might, if if I'm struggling with it, odds are there's a couple of people listening that might be. So am I? Am I is, is this analogous to what you're after describing? So I set up, I sell microgreens, okay, and at the minute I sell to distributors in Dublin who distributed to the couple of thousand restaurants across the country. But what Amazon did was they said, right, we're going to deliver to all the restaurants in all of Ireland and we're going to build up our delivery or logistics um, infrastructure so we're going to have a hub in Dublin and Galway and Cork and all the rest of it and when they had that up and running they realised Jesus we're selling all our micro or we're using this infrastructure to sell all our microgreens but we could just as easily use it to sell paddy spuds down the road and Intel's chips in the other direction yeah, or deliver and and yeah, and, yeah, yeah but that's what I mean so they, they basically rent out their their delivery Exactly, uh, infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, so that's pretty much exactly what that's they do. What did, yeah. But again, why would they not just do your job as well? Like instead of instead of recommending people use this company who's qualified in our services, why is it that they don't have a dedicated team of people doing exactly what it is that you guys do? Because they only manage what's in the black box. That's what that is their service. So they provide. So like they only manage the hardware, and then they manage the the, the Amazon. Um, um, tools like the Amazon packages that you use so like all they care about is what's in their data center they offer that to you and you can put whatever you want on top of it so like they don't go to an OS level so they don't go to a Windows level so when you're building a server they provide the hardware but what you 
the design you want to put on that, um, like I say, say I want a Windows 2019 server or I want 10 of them and I want 10 other servers, whatever, they don't care about all that. They don't get involved in all that stuff. All they do is service to make sure that you have enough resources to, to do what you servers. want to do. Yeah, at a physical level. So they don't do any of that stuff at all. They just, they offer that. So it's like, I guess, uh, oh, what could you say? So it's like, it's like Ikea. So Ikea give you the flat pack and then it's up to you then to, to build the flat pack. But they, their their product is giving you all the yes, stuff you need to build. Yes. to build the, And I believe there are registered Ikea installers. I think yeah, if exactly. you live in Navin yeah, and exactly. you buy something of like Ikea, deal, yeah. they'll tell you there's five guys in Navin yeah. who are good and we've trained them and they're fucking great. They've got good reviews, yeah. but they're not getting into, they're not getting involved in the nitty gritty exactly, of calling yeah. into people's houses yeah, and yeah, screwing shit together. Yeah, they don't work for Ikea. Yeah, exactly. Same type of thing, yeah. Okay, no, that's not to clarify it for me. Go, yeah. but that's a good uh, analogy. Like they, they're those people are probably like certified by Ikea to do to do a good job type of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And is they, there they, any? So let's say if you make a balls of something or a company like yours within that industry makes a balls of one of their clients' wants, needs or whatever, is there a fear that you get blacklisted then by Amazon themselves or... Yeah, I don't know if you get blacklisted by Amazon, but reputation is definitely everything. Like if you yeah, fuck something up big time, you're gone. Like you're Because so what, what type of companies are you dealing with? Like it's medium to large, is it? Yeah, or? We, yeah like massive uh, enterprise companies, like global company is one company work and then small smaller companies as well so it just depends and then again like some of those would have maintenance contracts ongoing maintenance contracts and then we could have some companies that would just come to us and say build me a website server or whatever build me this and you know and then we'll do it and then not see them again type of thing just that type of thing like there's loads of different ones like it depends on um, who's coming to Amazon like they will send if Amazon know that we've done a specific thing before and done it well then they will recommend us to that other client based on their needs and say, oh, they've done this before, they can do it really well, we recommend them and they'll send them to us. So it's all over, it's different sized things. It's it's even some companies who have, who are already in Amazon and who already have people who work, who do their Amazon stuff for them in-house, they will sometimes come to us because they don't have the expertise for this other thing they want to do. And then they will come to us and we would work with them to implement that, that piece. Say IoT, for example, they might do they might host a load of servers on Amazon and they're working fine and they just do their day-to-day stuff. But then they say, okay, we want to start using IoT and it'll, they'll, we'll work with them to to implement and design IoT and, and once they have it, then they, they can start using it. Type yes. Thing. You know what I mean? Is, uh, is intellectual property a big component to what you do? Yeah. Is the goal, not the goal, but I mean, is a big part of what you do painting, like so... Let me just pair back for a second. Okay, so what I do is a relatively emergent industry, like enclosed, growing, or controlled growing environments. But let's say there was just a big spike in them and there was hundreds of them popping up all over the country. And, you know, I go straight to you. I go, Dave, I've got this problem and I think you're the man to fix it for me. And you fix it with your IoT business, mm. okay? And you come up with something new that's on Amazon servers and it works for me fucking perfectly. Happy days. Can you paint and the solution you made for me and then try and flog it to all these other places that are popping up? Is that a component of what you uh, guys well, do? Well, you wouldn't or? patent it, but like it is intellectual property. So like we, it, again, it's all in code. Like, so we would have someone code that thing and then, but we wouldn't provide the code necessarily to, to the client if, if, you know, if they weren't paying for it or whatever. You know what uh, I mean? So, yes. But then we could, we could also use that same code or build on that same code for ourselves for something different yeah you wouldn't build it from scratch all the time yeah exactly yeah so you, your company and companies like yours would have basically a, 
a bank or a portfolio of existing codes uh, or parts not, of codes. Uh, not, or, not necessarily. You could have, like, you could have, but you wouldn't, not realistically, you wouldn't really have. Because, like, in most times, a lot of stuff is quite different. And also, uh, Amazon products, new products come up with Amazon all the time. So they're always getting better and bigger and, and faster and stronger. So, Really, some stuff that you might have done last year it might be superseded by a new, a new, a new technology this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, they have so, an app for that. That yeah. thing that spent that you and your company spent six months developing. Well, there's an app for it now. Yeah, exactly. Well, not necessarily an app, but a tool that allows you to build on. Then That's, yes, they give you the building blocks, then you kind of build upon it. Like so, like technically, yeah. If it was if it was stagnant and everything was the same all the time, you could just build up a. A, a database of, of 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 templates and stuff and just roll them out, but it's not. Really, it doesn't really work like that. It kind of it moves at a much faster pace than that. Of course, of course. And is there, presumably there's a lot of kind of continuous improvement in relation to training. So do you, you have to stay up to date with yeah. all of Amazon's, whatever it's called? Yeah, it's stay certified all the time. Well, the, the people, the technical people you have doing the job have to be, have to be certified all the time. And even where, uh, like for the maintenance contracts, like a man, it's called managed service contract is what we have for some of the clients. And even to be a managed service partner for Amazon, you get audited every two years, I think, to make sure that you're still doing Still, still doing, still doing stuff to their standards before they, before they. Yes, you. and again, just I'm doing this not to promote myself, but because I kind of have to. Uh, in relation to what I do, so Keelings will be one of my customers, mm. um, a kind of name that everyone would know, and I've been audited by Keelings. So their um, food safety department head came down and basically went through my place with like a with a fine tooth comb much more so than the Department of Agriculture did. Yeah. So I've been audited twice. Just standard procedure, food, uh, a food production business that, you know, it's it's part of the course. But in the same way that Keelings would send people down to me to make sure that I'm operating to a, a certain standard, they essentially do the same. I know they're not visiting you, but they're they're making sure that no, you're, visit, you're up to date. Yeah. Oh, they will they visit send, you as well? Another, 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 Fuck, yeah. okay. Like, I think the fir- at the start, the first time they did it, now they probably won't do it every time, but the first, we don't want recently the man come in for a week and you go in there sitting in the room and he'd be asking questions. You'd have to provide information and documentation, and prove how it's done, etc., etc. So yeah, fuck so. right, okay. But uh, that's interesting, because because surely the, the the end product is 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 the proof. Like, what do they audit on to, to make sure that everything's? Oh, the it, hygiene is a big thing. Oh, yeah. That you have a food safety management uh, plan in place and that you're. Um, in accordance to it, because like you could have a lovely fancy document that could be fucking five hundred page thick called your food safety management plan, and it outlines in detail. But you don't do absolute, any of it, and you don't do any yeah. of it exactly. So I could email them my food service, my food safety management plan, but like the place could be just crawling with yeah. rats. Like, so what they're, they, they, it's more than just seeing the end product. They want to make sure that the end product is safe. Yes, well, it. it's they want to be have to be to stand over their product or oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you can. There are things that you'll get away with. So I might be, I mightn't be doing A, B, and C, and the product could be fine, could be a hundred percent. But then one day it's not fine, and mm. it's because I wasn't yeah, doing yeah, A, yeah, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. And if they haven't checked, and they have that, to future proof it again. Like making sure that exactly, exactly. Sure like in 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 my game and in most businesses, really, um, what's the saying? You're only as good as your last delivery. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? So, and it's not even that. Like the, they're they're essentially not treating you. They're essentially not judging you on your last delivery. They're judging you on what your future deliveries are going to be. Exactly, yeah. By visiting your premises to yeah. see what kind of standard you're at. Like, it's you know? funny because I was talking to a guy one time at a wedding. I don't know how much wine I'd had, but I heard you that. 
But he was into wine, you know. He would buy wine as an investment. And um, he was actually a broker. He, this was why he bottles did, or like, barrels? Um, bottles, I think. I think you only buy them in bottles. Maybe okay. In bars, I don't know. But um, he was saying what they would do is uh, they would have to go to the vineyards in Bordeaux or whatever. Because, like, you know, Bordeaux wine is expensive and only certain wines are... Um, are, have longevity you, you can't keep all wines like it has to be a really good quality wine t- to, to be able to save it for 10 years and still be and get better with time yes. better with age like the stuff you buy in little off the supermarket has a sell with it has a sell with it, it can't, they don't age well they don't age at all so it's all part of the grape and the grape vine goes deeper and deeper into the ground and that's how you know you're getting the good quality stuff but they would have to go to these vineyards in Bordeaux and couple of times a year to make sure because what the grape they're looking at then would be the harvest for the next year and they yeah. they they'd know by how it looks today what's the wine going to be wine like in 10 or a good years investment in 10 years you know for the wine that's going to be made but also they said that sometimes the growers would fluff out the uh, the yards the vineyards with newer plants in amongst the other ones so you could say oh there's a full field of uh, these 50 year old or 100 year old grapes but when you go and look at it, they kind of had new ones out, bulking out, new vines bulking out the old vines. Yeah, yeah, so to bulk to be, up the production. Yeah, right? so you have to go out and actually physically look and make sure that everything is, is as good as it should be. Because you're investing, you're putting your money in, into into this grape now being good in order to have a good product at the end of it in, in five or ten years' time. It's mad. So that he would know gas. and he, he would record it good. That's a good year, that's a bad year. So he'd know when the wine comes in. That's a 2015. Okay, it's good, but it's not great. It's not going to age very well. So they'd value it at whatever the grape was growing at the time you know what I mean yeah so in 2017 you had ideal conditions oh Jesus that means in 2027 exactly, yeah. we're going to have a cracking good 10 year old wine yeah no, but not even that the 2017 year wine will be good in 10 years time so they well, sorry that's what I mean in, in, yeah, tw- yeah. in 10 years time you'll have a 10 year old wine yeah, that's yeah, exactly. fucking savage yeah, exactly, right? yeah, yeah. so that's how, that's how you know like, otherwise because like, some wine's going to be shit and some wine's going to be good and it's all dependent on the grape and the conditions and the weather and whatever so you're really banking on that stuff being proper and to stop people scamming you, you have to go and actually check the vines and make sure that they're all not being spliced off and that sort of jazz. Like. Oh, yeah, no, so whatever. Like, you don't even yeah. think about that stuff when, it, when you think of it, but like, it really is. If you're not on top of that, then you fucking, there is no business, like, you know? But it's funny because there's no industry if you're not on top of that because exactly. another, another company that I worked with was uh, called the Mead Potato Company. And although the name might suggest that they either grew or sold potatoes, they're one of the biggest importers of fresh produce into the country. They supply pretty much all the fresh fruit and veg going into Lidl and Aldi. They're the two big contracts that they have. And I remember being there, I was only being training at the time, which I hadn't a clue what was going on around me. And there was an inspection, an on-the-spot inspection from the Department of Agriculture. And I got to kind of follow him around a small bit, and I got chatting to him. And I was basically told, look, lad, I'm I'm involved in uh, a frozen a frozen chip product. I'm in sales. I'm getting chips into the supermarkets. I haven't a fucking clue about fresh produce or any of the night what makes up ninety nine point nine percent of this business. And I was just picking his ear basically. And what he said was, well, you know the way you go into the supermarket and you see oranges or no, you see spuds and they're they're Irish spuds and you're like, happy days, they're Irish spuds. How do you know they're Irish spuds? Mm, like, exactly. well. It's on the label. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but what's stopping somebody from bringing in a container load of spuds from Egypt and just putting them into Irish spud well, bags? Well, they'd walk funny. Huh? They'd, they'd walk funny. <laughs> yeah, they'd walk. 
but it's true. Like you, you don't even think about that stuff. But if you're in the business, you have to think about that stuff. Otherwise, you're not in business. Like oh no, of course, no, absolutely. But again, what it was the 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 point that I was labouring to make there was you have to go right. You have to pair it right back to yeah. the source because if you don't, you end up with Egyptian spuds and Irish yeah, bags, exactly, or yeah. you know, a mixture of grapes from either one country or another country, or a newer batch of fucking vines or whatever the fuck it is. Or God forbid, horse in your lasagna. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you know? there you go. Exactly. All so. the checks and balances, and there was still. What was that? It was a great sign. I saw it online. Giddy up pancakes. Huh? Giddy up pancakes. Giddy up pancakes. Giddy up crispy pancakes because there's horses in them. It was all over. <laughs> it. it was all over Finders. I didn't know there were pancakes. No. Oh yeah, it was all over all them. All the Finders line of frozen things. I think. Oh fuck! Right. There was hang. It's like there was horse meat in the pancakes. Yeah, you know crispy pancakes. No. You know? Come on. The fuck is a crispy pancake? You never heard of a crispy pancake? No. Fuck off. Honest the fuck, I've no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, what man. Unless oh, oh, what you're talking about is a pancake that's been cooked to be crispy. I presume that's, that's essentially what you're about. it is, but it's, it's like it's a commercial, it's a it's a processed product. It's, you, you buy Finn's crispy pancakes in a, in a freezer. It's like they're little uh, semicircular shaped orange things. You deep fry <laughs> them. What the fuck are you talking and about? And they are pancakes with filling like mince meat, mince meat and onion or. or, or or ham and mushroom or something. No fucking way. Are like you see, did you grow up in the eighties at all? <laughs> fucking hell, man! It was a staple. We, it was a staple. Toasty things. That was the. Oh man, it was a staple the of the eighties diet. Staple yeah. of your eighties diet. But they still have them, I think. Yeah, I haven't had them in years, obviously. But yeah, I think they do have some still. But they were in all that, all that fucking Finnis frozen food products that had all had a horse in it. It's funny though because people were outraged about that, <laughs> and rightly so. But what they were outraged was they didn't know they were eating it. Because huh? they didn't know they were eating it. They would have loved it if they knew. But no, not not even that. Like it was, they were outraged at the idea of eating a horse. Mm. That doesn't bother me. Mm. Like if there was chicken in my beef burger, I would have been just as up in arms. Yeah. But that wasn't like I. Th- I think if it was chicken that was found in beef burgers, I don't think there would have been. There probably wouldn't have been any news story in it. No. But the fact that it was horse, it was like, oh, but if it was uh, children in, in lasagna, it would have been a different story. <laughs> that right? would be a different story. That'd be that'd be a bestseller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should try it. Uh, yeah, but it's funny, like, because like you, you, again, you assume that someone is doing the job. But no one was doing the job, or maybe someone wasn't qualified doing the job. But you're just expecting at the end at the end of the food chain that. That someone is doing that for you, you know. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt. But I guess it's, it's it's harder to get like it's easier to get away with, with those types of processing manufacturers. It's, it's a lot harder to get away with it with, with fresh, fresh produce. Yeah, well, Jesus, processed food like anything that's been extruded through a pipe. I mean, <laughs> what was it when it started out? Exactly. Yeah. Like, who the fuck knows? Who knows? Or where did it come from? And what part of the dinosaur did it come from? <laughs> you know, the fucking God knows what's in your sausages. Yeah, look, I think if if most of us knew how what we eat becomes what we eat, we wouldn't eat a whole pile of it. Like. No. But even jellies, fucking Haribos, that's all fucking boiled down cow carcass, you know what I mean? Is it? I didn't know that. I think it's gelatin from bones, right? That's where gelatin comes yeah. from. It's an animal product, anyway, because I only know that because the vegans give out about it. Yeah. They can't eat it. <laughs> Skinny fuckers. I heard something about, someone getting out about wine, saying vegan wine. Like, what's not vegan about normal wine? I don't get it. Oh, what wouldn't be vegan about normal wine? What's in fucking wine that we don't wear? Fucking is, is wine not product? just fermented grapes? Like I know they put oak yeah. shavings and or shit maybe like it's that. Sugar. Maybe something to sugar is it? No, but sugar isn't an animal product. No, I don't know. I have no idea. That's why vegan I heard wine. vegan wine, but I wonder what the fuck's wrong. With normal I w- wine. I wonder is that like gluten free chips? Because and I I only know this because of my brief interaction with 
the, the, the chip Paul factory. And that. We what was it? We weren't allowed. It didn't stop us, but we were we were advised not to put gluten free on our packaging. And the reason being was, if you saw if you see gluten free on a packet of anything, the assumption that you'll make is that the gluten has been taken out of it, or that it's been made in such a way that no gluten was in the production of it. But there's no gluten in spuds. Oh, I gotcha. Now we did put it on anyway because I think every spud on the market you has charge more added into it. Like you can double the price of it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's um, how did we get talking about fucking gluten? Because we were talking about horse and Finn's crispy pancakes. <laughs> you're back, in and the you room. never Dave, had a crispy pancake. You're on fire, Dave. You're on fire. Fuck me. I'm amazed by that. Amazed by what? You've never had, you never had a crispy pancake. Never heard of a crispy pancake. Fucking hell, man. They were they weren't in my house. They weren't in any of my fucking relatives or friends' houses. Jesus, they went into horses. You though. were a rich kid, were you? No, we weren't. <laughs> fucking hell. With your fancy fucking. That was a Sunday roast. Crispy pancakes <laughs> come out in a tray. <laughs> Half, half a pancake each. Who Good wants times. the horse? Huh? Who wants the horse? <laughs> Giddy up. Only fools the horses, huh? Yeah, exactly. Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Just over the two Have hour mark. It doesn't fucking feel it, does it? It's a flu, what? What do you think of the surroundings? It's lovely. Did you forget that you're in your driveway it's outside your very, house? Yeah, it's very parochial. Thanks, Father. I feel like I've confessed all my sins. I, yeah, you do. You get a bit off, don't you? You get a weight off. Yeah. It's a nice spot. Well, nice getting there, bro. Yeah. Getting there. It's good. It is definitely a... Yeah, you do feel like you just can chat just with, with no no outside interference. Ah, it's like, you wouldn't great. have that chat in a pub because there'd be so much people getting offended all around you. Ah, there'd be people in your ear. Like it, it, it drives me nuts. I can't have a conversation with people at weddings. Yeah. It does me fucking head in. That's one of the reasons I end up drinking so much at weddings is because I'm trying to have a conversation with someone and, and it's just so off. impossible and the fucking... The yeah. points just go down. It's funny because I said to herself um, before I came over here... The thought, and she was asking me. Uh, she goes, "You haven't forgotten about you know you're doing the podcast with David?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, no, I haven't forgotten. I'll, I'll box off the ground." And it just, the, whatever way she put it to me, it made me think. When was the last time I fucking sat down and had a, a chat with Dave McLean for an hour or two? And it's fucking hundred years. 18, well, it's eighteen, nineteen years. It's since we worked together as fucking teenagers. Yeah. Well, I was a teenager. You in your thirties. <laughs> and uh, but it was, it was fucking, it was that far back. Yeah. Like. And even then, we were supposed to be working. And what? And even then, we were supposed to be working. So exactly, yeah. Exactly. We shouldn't have been. But even this, like, this is, it's not work for me per se, but I mean, it is something that I want to turn into my actual occupation. Like, So even this, although it didn't fucking feel like work or anything like it, it was, it's, it's been great. Like, But we wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't made this my job, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I know? Yeah, it's strange, but. But that is an interesting thing, because like, it's a good thing to do, like, even just for, as you said, it's just an excuse to have a chat that you know that you would never usually have. And maybe now with the, with the lockdown, I know people shouldn't even be visiting, so you don't even get the opportunity. But even a phone call to someone like when you never had the chance to speak to them before and have a chat, because like uh, it's fucking crazy when you talk about it. You can t- you can know someone, you can see them every day, and you can whatever. But it's very rare to actually have a, a long sit down chat with someone and talk about fucking random bollocks, like you know. Oh, no, absolutely, yeah. Like, if you ask the general population, when was the last time you sat down and had a good two-hour chat, just you and this one other person, one-on-one, and you could talk about whatever you want, you knew there weren't going to be any interruptions and whatever else, you had enough light and heat and all the rest of it, and you're just going to have comfort. Like, when was the last time that's happened to you, or how often does that happen to you? Most people, I think, will say something along They'd the lines never. of... Either never or I remember it was about 15 years ago, me and me auntie and yeah. the power went auntie and Sheila. we were forced into this situation. We were locked in a lift. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, which is essentially <laughs> what this is. That's what it needed to be. Yeah, it was a lock in. But I, I love the idea of been tying up with since I built this and since I started kind of driving it around. I like the idea of having a public one of these. So the idea yeah. is you get now not something made like doing a, a Tommy Tiernan job, except in a podcast situation. Someone walks in the door and you go, "Who are you?" I actually hadn't thought of that. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. They might smell though. But, <laughs> they might, well, we've got. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We'd be okay. <laughs> But the idea being that you drop something like this on uh, um, the fair green, and you know, you whatever it'd be fucking token operated, or you put in five euro and you get electricity for fucking half an hour, and you could sit down with your elderly fucking granny who's terrified of COVID or whatever else, and do it in a I'm fucking. Scared of per- shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a mask, hi granny, <laughs> and take it off. <laughs> Brother, it's been fucking savage. You might come back job. on again. I enjoyed this. Great, now we weren't exactly yeah. stuck for fucking nothing to talk about. No. We were just rambled shite for hours. And look, as I said at the outset, some people will have turned off after five minutes, some Absolutely. people will listen to it I twice. Would. <laughs> uh you can you can you can name the, the episode Finn's Crispy Pancakes. I will. I will. I'll get a photo. Oh fuck! So glad you said Let's that. Let's have a phone I in. I was just about to say I get a photo and use that as a thumbnail. Will I fuck? I'm gonna take a photo of you right now. Live. Big smiles. Lovely. Perfect. And on that note, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Dave. Thanks very much.